What's new listeners? I'm Arthur Howell, the host of Two Cents Critic. If you want to move for reviews of books, movies, and TV shows, then join in. Today, we're diving into the 2020 contemporary romance novel, The Roommate, by Rosie Dannon. Popping into the guest seat for that coverage is Bruin Willow, erotica author and host of the audio erotica podcast, Oh Fuck Yeah, with Bruin Willow. Welcome to the show, Bruin. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to chat with you. Yes, I'm excited too. Thank you so much for coming on here. Yes. Just to give our listeners a bit of info about about your podcast, more about your show. Sure. So I'm an erotica author, and I also write erotic romance, and I write YA romance and nonfiction under my real name. But under Ruin Willow, I also work as podcaster at Oh Fuck Yeah with Ruin Willow, where I do audio erotica, mine and others, and I also have experts on who are coaches, people who are authors, people who can help us all have better sexual relations, sexuality, enjoy our lives and pleasure more. And I'm also an audiobook narrator, actor, actress, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> and I'm also a sex blogger and an editor on Medium. That's good. That's good. And I feel like I feel like that's actually pretty fitting for you know what we're diving into today. Again, you know, a contemporary romance novel. And this is actually a book that I had read uh, a couple of years ago, if I recall correctly. I remember because hmm. like, it, it was it was back in twenty twenty around that period when I was starting to get back into reading. I did been a few years where I was you know going through a slump when I got back into reading, and particularly. There were a lot of romance novels that I was really getting mm. into. And Roommate, I remember, was one of those first few novels where I, where I picked it up and I read it. And I was like, oh, wow, I, I, I really dig this. You know, it was, so mm. I think there's a lot of nostalgia wrapped around this book. So it was nice to be able to dive back into this, uh, into this book for, for our podcast. Oh, absolutely. Did you reread it or did you just remember it? Oh, yeah, I, I read it, yeah, definitely. Because again, you know, I hadn't, okay. I hadn't read it. I hadn't read it. Like, the first time again was a couple of years ago. So it was, I definitely needed to, you know, refresh my memories, refresh my thoughts. Yeah, sure. It was the first time for me, and I kind of ran out of time. So I did I actually did the audiobook, and I did it in a week. And I was really proud of myself that I got through 10 hours <laughs> of listening nice. to an audiobook in one week. I'm like, that's just kick ass. Can I swear? Or do you not have swearing on your podcast? Oh, 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 sw- I oh, oh, oh swearing. Swearing is okay. Swearing is it, okay. allowed. <laughs> and it is maybe encouraged okay. on the show. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, audiobooks, you know, I actually found myself sometimes listening to audiobooks a bit more. Uh, just like, you know, because I feel like you, you, you can listen to them. And while you're doing work, you can multitask. Mm-hmm. So it does help you process things a little, yeah. a little faster. I do love to read a book, but yeah, I was running out of time. And so what helped me get through it was doing it in all these times that I wouldn't normally be able to be doing something because I was already doing another thing like, you know, cleaning or getting ready. So I was able to listen to it and get through it quickly in a week. So that's the nice part about audiobooks. And you also get a little, you get a different experience, I think, when you when you read it versus listen to an audiobook. Yeah, definitely. With a voice and the narration, it definitely adds its own facets. The experience. Yes. For example, I think absolutely. For, I think, for example, the Invisible Life of Addie LaRue by uh, V.E. Schwab. I listened to an audiobook for that, and I think that's probably one of my favorite mm. audiobooks. Uh, also, The oh, Hunger sure, Games. Oh, sure, sure. The Hunger Games. Mm. Also, those are those yeah. really good audiobooks to listen to. Well, I love the narration. Yeah. The narrator, the guy, the guy. 
Isn't it, isn't it interesting too to, and I have not done this too much yet myself, but I would like to like, you know, read the book and then listen to the audiobook. Like it's going to be, it's going to be a different experience, right? Yeah. I, but now that I have not done. Normally I just read a book or I listen to the audiobook, but I've never yep. read a book or go to the audiobook <laughs> or even vice versa. So that would actually be interesting to dive into. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, but it's a roommate, so for for so listeners who may not be aware of what the book is yet, I'm gonna read the back cover for a roommate. House rules: Do your own dishes. Knock before entering the bathroom. Never look up your roommate online. The Wheatons are infamous among the East Coast elite for their lack of impulse control, except for her daughter Clara. She's the consummate socialite, overachieving, well-mannered, predictable. But every reason has their weakness. When Clara's childhood crush invites her to move cross-country, the offer is too much to resist. Unfortunately, it's also too good to be true. After a bait-and-switch, Clara finds herself sharing a lease with a charming stranger. Josh might be a bit too perceptive, not to mention handsome, for comfort, but there's a good chance he and Clara could have survived sharing a summer sublet if she hadn't looked him up on the internet. Once she learns how Josh has made a name for, for himself, Clara realizes living with him might make her the Wheaton's most scandalous story yet. His professional prowess inspires her to take tackling the stigma against female desire into her own hands. They may not agree on much, but Josh and Clara both believe women deserve better sex. What they decide to do about it will change both of their lives, and if they're lucky, they'll help everyone else get lucky too. All right, so let's get into our general thoughts and feelings, non-spoilery, on Drew Roommate. So, Ruben? You know, it's funny because I, I actually, I write romance myself too, but I actually was bored when I first started this book, and I was like, oh, this isn't really what I wanted. And then it got so juicy and so sexy, and it became just this amazing book I wanted to listen to. So this is also a point for not giving up on a book when you first start it. You know, don't judge a book by one little piece of it because it really is a fantastic book and it explores so many ideas and so many wonderful things that need to be talked about and shown light upon. So I just loved how it grew into such a, a juicy, sexy, important story. Yeah, I'm glad to hear you say that. I mean, and, and, and I always try to do follow that advice as well about not giving up on a book, as you were saying you know, mm-hmm. too, too, too fast. You know, sometimes maybe the beginning could be boring or maybe could be kind of shaky, but I do always try to push past that beginning and try to, you know, consume more of it. Yeah, I would have missed out on a lot if I hadn't finished it because yeah. it's very sexy and steamy, you know? It's it's great. Yeah. It's... Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, diving back into this, I, I just want to say overall, like, you know, just say overall, like, you know, I loved it, you know? I loved it the first time. I loved it. But as we read, just uh, the relationship... Then we get to explore between uh, Clara and Josh, you know, this whole opposite attract di- dynamic and the way that this mm-hmm. book is able to, you know, f- uh, fight for the rights of, uh, of, of sex workers in, in, in the porn industry and, you know, fighting against the exploitation of them and also fighting for, uh, you know, fighting for, you know, the ability for, for, for women to be able to express their sexuality, their desire, and, you know, just want, you know, 
women just want to women want to get some orgasms, and this book is like it's all for yeah. that. And just you know, it definitely is a, a memorable book. A memorable book in that aspect. You know, it's, it's one of the books that really stuck with me. You know, again, back when I started reading contemporary romances, I love how this was exploring that material. And the, I also really love the chemistry between Clara and Josh. And just like, mm-hmm. you know, it was, you know it, it was quite amusing to, you know, to, to read about the interactions and to get some good banter. And uh, I think also it's, it's, it's surprisingly well-paced because the thing is, it's steamy, mm-hmm. but it also doesn't, doesn't come off as a forest. Again, it, right. it's, like we'll be get we'll be we'll be uh, diving into this into this and the spoilery breakdown, but like the way it opens up steam is kind of like oh wait so you're this is an interesting way to do it, but it doesn't feel artificial it feels natural, and then it's kind of like I almost want to say it's kind of like a slow burn almost like it's steamy yeah, but it happens yeah. in a in a strangely okay. slow burn fashion that again does not feel false it feels organic you know it's like it's it's happening naturally, yes. and it's. You know, and credit to Rosie Dan and the author for being able to write it this smoothly. Because I feel like it could have come off as clunky and and, and someone mm-hmm, else's mm-hmm. It could have come off as clunky or cringy. But this was a this was, this was a, a strong book and I will say though, I, I feel like there was perhaps one moment where I did take issue with it, where I felt like maybe it was being a bit king shamey towards hardcore porn and it was like we'll get up to that mm. specific moment and I'll, and I'll give my reasons why when we reach that type of point in the breakdown but I feel like other than that I feel like this is like a you know I'm, I'm just and I'm in love with this book and I, I'm glad I was able to dive back into this, this reread and I do want to also, also want to say the second book the sequel uh the standalone sequel for this book the intimacy experiment it's also uh, great as well. Oh, sure. Is that that's a good book too? Now that's by her as well, right? Oh yes, yes. That, that, yeah, also by Rose yeah. Cannon and Dad Followed. It, that has Naomi, one of the side characters in, in this oh, book. She's one okay. of the stars sure. of the intimacy experiments. Very interesting. Yeah, it had more sex in it than I thought I was going to when I first started reading it. I thought I was going to be kind of bland and blah. And, you know, I, I'm all for a sweet romance, but I really like it when it has sex. I really like it when it has, you know, I write erotica. So, of course, I like that part. And so I was really pleasantly surprised to see how much sex was rolled into it. So much passion and sensuality. And like you said, a slow burn. So, for instance, like, you know, it, it just showed how people in relationships can sometimes talk themselves out of things, even though it's staring them right in the face. You know, what is the reality? People can talk themselves out of something that is very obvious. And, you know, the characters do that. They talk themselves out of many things in the yeah, book. And so it makes it, <laughs> you know what I mean? They, they, they have their insecurities. Mm-hmm, with. Yeah. And which is like, they do. And, there, there was there were certain moments where it was like I just want to be like ah I want to I want to just like give them a good shake and be like ah stop this nonsense <laughs> stop being so immature but the thing is like even like yes. this one this, this one specific moment at towards the third act where that was like particularly mm. getting intense but it never felt like it never made me frustrated in a bad way you know what I mean it was it never made yeah me, yeah yeah it never left me feeling like oh I don't like this like this is kind of cringy it's not you know, it feels <laughs> unnatural. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. they're, being, they're being immature. They're not handling things well. But I can understand why they're coming from that perspective. 
know. Yeah, yeah. But you know, yeah, yeah, you want him to be like you want him to be like, no, you want to say to him, no, 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 don't think that. That's not right. That's not what he's thinking, or that's not what she's thinking. <laughs> yeah, you want to shake them, like you said, and be like, you want them to get together and have just have that juicy, yummy relationship, you know? Yeah. You want them to enjoy it. And so it's fun when they eventually do, you know? Definitely. And I'm I'm comfortable I wrote Danny to come out with her next book because her because the next book is is titled Dear Worst. And apparently it is a brand it's like a it says here, a brand new quirky rom com in which two best friends try to cover up an accidental murder in order to claim a surprise mm. inheritance while avoiding suspicions mm. of a handsome PI. It'll come out on November fourteenth this year, and Rosie Dannon has described it as practical magic but without the magic. And she also calls it mm. a sexy feminist weekend at Bernie's. I think. I've never seen it. Ah. Which is funny. I, I, never, oh, I haven't seen the movie fantastic. either. I haven't seen the movie either. But. Right. Oh, that sounds amazing. Yeah, I really like the themes she put in this book. And so if she puts similar themes in other books, I, I definitely think I would enjoy her other books. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah she, she only, she, she's only come out with two books so far, which I feel like is interesting because I feel like, you know, this was her debut novel, The Roommate, back in 2020. And then Anthony Experiment, I think, came out the next year. But she hasn't written anything mm. else since then. So I'm like, I, I want the next book, Rosie, what's the next book? But it will come out in November, <laughs> so I'm pumped for that. <laughs> You're all ready, right? <laughs> yes. You're definitely in. Yes. Oh, oh, I guess we've given our general thoughts and feelings now on The Roommate, so we can move on to our wind-up scores. So this is where we each get to give a score that ranges from zero to a hundred. So, Ruin, what is your wind-up score? I'm sorry, could you repeat that? Oh, I said that uh, we're, not, we're now giving our wind-up scores for the book. So okay. you get to give a score that goes from zero to a hundred. Oh, okay. I really liked the book. And so zero to a hundred, you said, is the scale? Yes, zero to a hundred. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to give it pretty high. I, I'm going to say, I really enjoyed it. I'm going to, I'm going to give it a 98. I really, really liked this book and I really liked the topic. I think it's an important topic for women and women's sexuality. And I just, and, and yeah, the rights of, uh, sex workers and not judging people. I think it's, uh, I really liked the book. I really did. I, I totally recommend it for people to give them a perspective and it's just enjoyable to, the story is enjoyable. Nice, nice. 98 out of 100. That's very good, very good. And yeah. I will say, I, I, I guess my wind-up score is 88 out of 100. But I just want to make it clear that, okay. you know, I, I just, I, I know, <laughs> I, I tend to be just a bit more reserved with my scores. That's just, that's just me personally. And comparing, sure. comparing this against other uh, romance novels I've read, you know, I feel like oh, on the yes. scale, mm -hmm. you know, so I'm like, I'm comparing this to other books that I've read that I love. And it's sure. like 88 out of 100 is very good for me, you know. That's, but again, you know, <laughs> I, I almost thought when you said 98, I, I almost thought pressure to be like, oh no, should I give like a 95 out of 100? <laughs> but 88, that's, that's, that's my score. You know, but. No, 88 is pretty high too, right? I mean, that's yeah. a pretty high score too on a 100 scale, yeah. Definitely, yeah. But it's, again, this is just a, you know, great book overall. And again, aside from that one moment that I pointed out earlier, and I will again point it out in the breakdown, but other than that, it's like a, strong book and definitely recommend it you know for people who want to read this and i'm actually i actually do want to ask you if you i it, 
what other what other contemporary romances he read aside from this, or have you had you know like are there any examples you give like maybe um, the Kiss Quotient or the Hating Game stuff like that? Um, I haven't read as many uh, romances uh, lately. I haven't been reading as much because I've been doing so much creating myself. So I haven't read for a while, but I did. Uh, I'm trying to remember the other last books I read. They were probably young adult romances because for my publisher, I had to read several books and help them come up with a campaign to books that were kind of similar to mine. So I'm trying to remember what the names of those books were. Um, oh boy, I should have wrote these things down. I can't even think of the names. It was, it's was. it been a few years since I read them, but it would have been a YA romance because um, those are the last other than erotica, like I've read erotica because I'm doing a lot of writing of erotica, but romance, that's probably what it'd be a, a YA romance, young adult. I, I was just wondering because, you know, I feel like there's a, there's a whole world out there of contemporary romances like this, like some roommate. And yeah. so I just feel like, you know, if you, if you haven't explored that, all of that yet, I feel like, you know, I just genuinely recommend that. There's a whole, whole bunch of good books out there. <laughs> Oh, yes. There's so many good books. And that's amazing. I think that's great that there's such great uh, literature out there for people to read and enjoy. Definitely a whole variety. Well, those are our wind-up scores now. And listeners, you know, we're going to go into the spoilery breakdown for this book. I do want to say, uh, though, that uh, the trigger warnings uh, for this book are uh, sexual content. There's a non-fatal car accident. There's one, there's one car accident, and then there's like a mention of a different car accident, both are non-fatal. And then there's also misogyny and sexual harassment. Those are also part of the trigger warnings. I feel like in general, this is definitely one of the less trigger warning heavy books out there. Still, Mm. I want to, you know, put those out. Yeah, and you know, you got to be prepared for language because she uses language that is more explicit than maybe some people may be used to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, c- cursing. Just, you know, yeah, thank you. you. Should also put that in the trigger warning as well. <laughs> uh, Be prepared for that if you, if you read the book, but it's totally worth reading. <laughs> definitely. Uh, so, listeners, if you have read the book, then you know you can just stay here and you know keep listening to us. But if you haven't, you know, then maybe you should go pick it up. You know, you can pause the podcast, go read it. Or if you have already read the book, or if you haven't, but you you know you just want to keep listening, you're okay with spoilers. Then you can stay right here. And alright, so the roommate. So this starts out with, as I said, one back cover, Clara, she's, she has taken her cross country trip with Everett Bloom, her childhood crush, and it's going to LA. But the thing is, she is expecting to stay with him, but he, is, he just has his own plans where he's like, nope, I'm just gonna drop you off here with this roommate because I'm gonna go on a tour with my band. And right away, I was just like, Everett, you're such a jerk. Like, you, like, you, didn't, get, you, didn't, you didn't get Claire's permission to do this. You right. also, I, I don't, like, did he even do a background check on Josh? To be like, hey, is this a, is this a safe roommate for her? Or is this going to turn out to be Joe Goldberg? Exactly. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> and when Claire is at a new place, I like how... I like, I like how she says out loud, selfless is how it feels to be well and truly fucked. And Josh, and that's when Josh comes in, Josh overhears her. So that's when they have the intro. And I like how when, when she first meets him, she takes a glance at his nails to determine how he takes care of himself. You know, they're all neat and trim. 
<laughs> I, I love their interaction. And it's it's really fun. It was really fun to read because she's, you know, you see her change throughout the book. And so does he. But, yeah, they're very... Um, they're very kind of set in their ways and they totally influence each other throughout the book. And that's the fun part where they they learn how to live together and, you know, all of these things are happening as they interact. And it was fun to see their relationship, you know, really evolve and, and blossom. And of course they had ebbs and, you know, great leaps that they were constantly going back and forth, you know, and it made it very interesting and really really a, an enjoyable read to to read the story and see how they how their relationship develops yes and and just uh and, and I, feel, I also feel like i could personally connect with with uh with Sarah quite a bit but just because she is so organized i don't know if i'm as organized as her like i don't like, <laughs> right. like when she comes in and she has a laminated movement checklist with her. Right. i don't think i'm that organized i would no, I, might have no, a I'm not. I don't I, I might have a checklist i don't think i get it laminated Right, exactly. <laughs> Organization is not my thing. <laughs> and and then when when Sarah asks Josh about his job, he says just kind of vaguely he works in the entertainment industry. Mm -hmm. Just like you know, keep, keeping it vague at the moment. And also, it's made clear in the narration that Sarah's family isn't the best one to have, and that's really, you know there's some distasteful mm -hmm. characters among the weakens, right. which we'll get into, and. And then for Josh's side, he's he's hoping to get back together with with his ex girlfriend, but until she takes him back, he's that's why he's staying in the room that Everett rented out to him. And by the way, Everett Everett found him on Craigslist. Oh, is that what it was? I couldn't remember. Okay. Yeah, it was Craigslist. <laughs> so it's like again, Everett not not making the smart decisions here. <laughs> no. So then the next morning. Sarah gets a glimpse of Josh's happy trail, and this is Windows just like trying to figure out how to mesh together, and he, you know, to figure out each other's each other's routine because her again she's very very tidy, and he mm -hmm. is like, and apparently he thinks socks count as one of his three acquired articles of clothing for being presentable <laughs> in front of others in the house because he he right. just doesn't have any clothes on, and they have tried to figure out how to be roommates and. They're talking about like you know what should we do one of them wants to bring someone over for a sexy time and, <laughs> and even like josh josh doesn't know what a scrunchie is because they're like because Kara's like oh put a scrunchie on the doorknob but he doesn't know what a scrunchie is and i'm like right. I, I thought i thought people generally knew what scrunchies were like i don't know like, i know isn't that funny that he didn't know <laughs> like what <laughs> and it's How like do you not in, know like he's in his, like he's in his. I think he's twenty six, right, or something like that. He's in his mid twenties. So yeah. I feel like, I don't know, like <laughs> when you know what scrunchie is. I don't know. Maybe I, I know. I, I have, a, I have a strong memory of what scrunchies are because of Claudia's enchanted meatball wars, because of Anna Faris's sure. character Sam Sparks. Like she, she asked whole oh, life okay. involving a scrunchie and wanting to wear one. Right. And it's like, so that's why I'm watching that movie as a, as a childhood movie of mine. So I was like, okay, that's, I know about scrunchies from Claudia with a chance of meatballs. Yes. Maybe. Well, yeah, you'd think you would have come across it somewhere with somebody he knows or, yeah, from a movie or something. <laughs> and then Clara gets a call from her mom and does not inform her about Everett dumping Clara with Josh so he could go on a tour because, and I think this is a whole, this is a whole, like, a whole flu line in the book that, you know, mm -hmm. kind of like, her mom is someone who is trying to keep up, who tries to keep up appearances and is trying to mesh with his family. But as you mentioned later on, like when she would come home, 
she would just want to kick back and relax to try to just like you know get away from again having to keep up the trim and proper facade. And yeah. that's why that's why Claire has to feel so much pressure being in his family. Again, having special appearances, and you know, we'll be you know learning more about the Wheaton family history later. But it's like, oh, this is a rich family loves their appearances. Yes. And Claire and Josh go grocery shopping, and this is where we learn that Claire's aunt uh, Jill <laughs> had been involved in quite a scandal, where she had mm. apparently slept with the deputy mayor of Greenwich in the you know the hometown. The deputy mayor was married. And then when he denied the mm. allegations when she was coming out about the affair, she proceeded to shame herself to a statue in town center and read raunchy love letters that she'd written to him. All through a megaphone. <laughs> I, I, mean, I, I love that. I, I, love, I love her sparks there. What, what do you think about that? Yes. Uh, yeah, I really liked that. It, it told a lot about the the aunt and, you know, what she... What, what kind of she was facing with her family. And it was fun too, because then of course, you know, that comes up again, that whole topic of, of the aunt comes up later in the book. Yeah, because she, she becomes a whole side character in the book, you know, because she lives in, she lives in Los Angeles mm-hmm. now. And so, you know, yeah. I love seeing that. And, but, but, but the spectacle, the, spect- the whole spectacle did cost the, the Wheaton grandpa his job as the mayor. And then the family just cut off Jill because you're like, oh, you're an embarrassment. You're staying in our family. So that's why it's like she, they ousted her and she now lives in Los Angeles where Clara is now. And yeah. Clara has tried to spend her whole life avoiding her fate. You know, she doesn't want to be an outcast. Mm-hmm. And I will say, though, so it feels like the reasons are supposed to be this whole family, a big family that is in the newspapers. It feels like, you know, mm-hmm. like people know about them. You know, they're in the news. I feel like, I don't know, like, I feel like realistically, would they really be that, like, this, this infamous of a family, or would they be more local? Because it, it, the way it sounds, it feels like the family is pretty popular. Like, maybe popular along yeah. the whole East Coast, at least. But I'm like, wait, wouldn't it just be in New York, or, like, you know, wherever, you know, they're living in Greenwich? Right. Yeah, I wonder that, too. But, yeah, obviously, you know, locally, they were, yeah, they're yeah. very well known. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I feel, I feel like I feel like the, whole, the book is trying to depict it as being popular across the whole East Coast, and I was just like, "Would that really right. be realistic?" I don't know. I know that's kind of not realistic, unless you're in some way. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. You know, oh, that that doesn't really quite mesh for an entire East Coast. Yeah. <laughs> and then also Oliver, her, her brother Oliver. We don't learn this until later on, but her brother Oliver also had gotten in trouble, into trouble of his own by getting involved in insider trading. So it's like mm-hmm. this family. There's a whole bunch of a whole bunch of crap going on in this family. <laughs> Absolutely. And and then Josh suggests that Clara, you know, gives her aunt a call, and Clara does just that, meets up with Jill. And we are we do learn that Clara's mom, uh, Lily, did send photos of Clara to Jill over the years. Mm-hmm. So at least, you know, that was yeah. nice to know. That there's been a connection at that least between, between Lily and Jill. Because again, Lily is the one right. who's trying to I think Clara chances. didn't know. But Clara didn't know, that's right. So that mm-hmm. was interesting to learn. But at least it was, it was nice to know that, that Lily, again, because she, she, you, can tell, you can clearly tell her mom is suffering from this. It's not like she's really enjoying all of, mm-hmm. all of this. And as we learned later on, you know, she wanted to just kick back home. When the when mm-hmm. the cameras and the eyes are all away from her, right? 
And then this is when Jill recognizes uh, Josh because Sarah shows Jill a photo of him. And then Jill is like, wait, that's Josh Darling. <laughs> yeah. he, he's, a, he's a porn star who has apparently been on the cover of Cosmo and described catnip for millennial women. Right. And he looks, I love how she says he looks like Zach Morris from Saved by the Bell minus the asshole personality. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, Jill, have you ever watched Josh's porn? I was wondering that. Because I was like, how do you recognize him? I know, him? right? Unless... I know. <laughs> Be nice to know that little piece, right? <laughs> I know. I, I, w- I would have loved, like, just one little line at least. Because the thing is, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the book, you know, it's, we're in spoilers now, but at the end of the book, Josh and Sarah, they're getting engaged at the end of the book. And mm-hmm. so it's like, so now he's going to be officially part of the family. And it's like, <laughs> if Joe has seen his plan, that would be kind of like, a, a, bit, a bit awkward, you know? Right, right. She's going to have conflicting feelings, maybe, if she did see the porn before all that happened. <laughs> and now there's like a, a family member who, and, you know, oh no, she, she, knows what, she knows what he looks like when he orgasms. Right, exactly. What not only what he looks like naked, what he looks like when he orgasms. I mean, yeah, it's like it's all the way to the max. <laughs> so vulnerable. And then Kara, for her part, is not into porn because she's like, oh, it, it, it's misogynistic. It's often geared towards you know audiences, mm-hmm. which right. you know, you know, it's not untrue. Unfortunately, you know, it's a you know, in some ways, yeah, in some types. Not all of them are like that. Some types, right. Which, again, you know, that's a whole lot, you know, we'll be exploring that in, in this book. And then we go back to Josh, who uh, ha- who has just finished shooting a, a, a point, you know, doing a point shoot when he interacts with Naomi, that's his ex, who, again, she is going to be, you know, she, she's in the, in the sequel, the second book. I like her introduction here in this scene. She, you know, she got a sharp personality. She's, you know, she can, she has got this, like, dogged personality. And definitely like a, a fire inside of her, and you know, in general, like in this whole book, I really, I actually really love her character, along with the second book. Yeah, I Naomi's definitely a strong character, strong person. Uh, she's smart. She is very capable. Obviously, she's she can make things happen. She's creative. She's no nonsense. She's gonna get stuff done, and so. It it's it, it'll be interesting to see read her in a book because I think she's so determined. Does she have that soft side? Would we see that or her falling in love rather than this is business? You know, like that would probably. I don't know if that's where the book goes, but it's yeah, a, very interesting. I'll just say that the book is it, it's really good. I, I'll just say that it's a mm. the second book is very good. And sure, I also, sure. I also really appreciate the uh, dynamic between Naomi and Clara. How they end up like growing this mm-hmm. friendship together. Because I feel like it could have yes. gone down, I feel like the book could have gone down the route of having the two of them be enemies. And yes. Being like, you know, oh, being, yeah. You know, the whole trope, you know, oh, you know, be, you know, let's, let's be hostile towards the ex. And I just feel yes. like it could have been tropey in that sense. Not that, not, not that that trope is bad every time it pops up. Maybe it could be stuffed <laughs> out in a few cases. But I feel like most of the times right. I've encountered it, it's tropey. Here, though, I feel like yeah. I'm glad that they're friends, you know, the, and Naomi is trying, you know, Naomi and Kara are connecting, you know, they're not, not hostile, mm-hmm. not, not rivals. Yeah, 
funny. They could have totally gone that way. You know, they could have been enemies. They could have been, you know, total conflict. But yeah, that that didn't happen. I mean, maybe a little bit. They might have not. You know, a couple of times it might might have seemed like maybe they weren't going to get along, but then they they always seemed to get along. You know, it always seemed to just somehow end up working out. Yes, and I also do appreciate uh, the casual paragraph as well with Naomi being by. No, I I always appreciate that. Right. And, uh, yes. Oh yes. And and romance novels. Yeah, too. yeah, I do too. I I think that's important to. It, I liked it that her character was that way too. Yeah, for sure. And Naomi learns about uh, Claire from the text message chain between her and Josh. And this is when Naomi is like, you you can you can tell Naomi is kind of like you know, she she kind of like you know her interest is piqued by Clara. and and even mm. like. She's like, ooh, imagine if she ever found out about you being a porn star. And Josh is like, oh, that'll never happen. <laughs> right. And, which is like, oh, Josh. Well, I know. <laughs> and Jen Josh goes to have a meeting with his agent, Betty, who is a, mm. quite a, a sleazy character. And uh-huh. Josh, Josh has to deal with this guy for over two years, meet up with him at diner. And Betty offers up this whole deal where a black hat studio, so that's like the porn studio that Josh is working for. Like he has a contract with black hats and it's a, it's a stringent contract. He can't sell his own merchandise. Yeah. He can't make public, public appearances. He can't work independently or for any other studios, can't be freelance. And apparently, he, and so he's been wanting like, hey, you know, you know, let's make a new deal. You know, what are some more money, you know, more stuff, you know? And black hat, all right. the black hats wouldn't give him is a $5,000 bonus because mm. he doesn't bring enough money, apparently, according to them. They want him to start shooting hardcore porn. And he's yeah. like... And, and 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 also, Benny also has his own personal investment in, in this as well because Black Hat is also mm. no paying him. And Right. Yeah, it's, a, it's a tough situation to be in, and, and, and I feel like this also does call out the exploitation, obviously, you know, in real life, which does happen in the porn industry. Yes. When, you know, big studios come up with these predatory contracts, and or the, you know, and they're putting both the uh, performers and the crew in these unsafe conditions, or they're not paying them enough, or they're yeah. forcing them to crunch hours. I think it's really sad. I mean, you know, it probably is realistic. I don't really know, because I'm not in that in the porn industry, but I feel like that that is probably accurate. And it's really sad. That's one thing that's nice about this book, actually, is that I like how it show it shines that all in a different light instead of calling it shameful and being like, okay, you know, some people do get taken advantage of and they end up being stuck. And even more so in the porn industry than anywhere else because of the taboo nature of it and the, how many people look down on it and you know people might find themselves like at one point I think Clara said something like it's always going to be known that I was connected with this so like once they do it it's for life no they can't get away from it and that seems really kind of sad and unfair that they're going to be judged and caged into a box like that I know definitely and while we're on this topic I also do want to recommend A Married Little Meet Cute by Johnny Murphy and Sierra Simone which I actually did a podcast mm. on that. It's a Christmas, it's a Christmas oh. rom-com. Very steamy. That's, that's also really steamy. And one of the stars in that. It's a steamy one. Ste- steamy, yes. And, mm. and one, of the star, one of the stars of that book, A Merry Little Meet Cute, 
is a porn star also. And that, so that book is oh. also de- dealing heavily with themes of misogyny, of fat phobia, biphobia, exploitation in the mm. porn industry, and or like, you know, and just sure. like, or, just no, and sh- and no shame against the porn industry. That was also a really good book as well in terms of the uh, porn rap. And that one's the Meet Cute? That's not the full title, though. What's the title again? Meet Cute oh, something? A, a Merry Little Meet Cute by Julie Murphy oh, okay, and Sierra okay. Simone. Yeah, it's a, it's a Christmas rom-com. Okay. Christmas rom-com. Yep. It's funny because the cover yep. is very, like, Christmassy. It's very, like, cartoonish. It's a very, like, cartoon cover. If you pick it up, you'll be like, okay. oh, this is just, like, a sweet little, you know, probably, it's probably, it, it's not, yeah. it's probably, like, a closed-door romance. But it's like, no, it's like, it is steamy. <laughs> I wonder why they do that. And I am wondering, as an erotica author, if they do it because it helps them um, kind of slide under the radar and not be labeled as erotica. Think, because it's a cartoon. Yeah. Yes. I'm, I'm wondering if that's why. Because I've always wondered that. I was like, that's not a very sexy cover. Why are you picking that? Maybe that's why they're picking it. Definitely. I mean, <laughs> some of the steamiest contemporary romances I've read have these, you know, cartoon covers, you know, huh. very cartoon covers. And it's just like, like you're saying, slide under the radar, you know, compared to, I think, because there's a huge difference. They say if you're just going to a bookshelf and you're looking at a book to say, like, you know, has like a, a man with strapping muscles right. or a woman who, who maybe has like his barely clothes or maybe the two of them are together or maybe it's two women or two right. men. And it's just like, compared right. to like a, a cartoon cover, you know, <laughs> two, two general audiences, you know, one of them is unfortunately going to be more appealing. Again, two mass audiences mm-hmm. who maybe are looking for something, you know, quote unquote, you know, cleaner. I'm using quotation marks because that's not, right. not, not, not my personal belief on this, obviously, which is like, you no, know, again, mass right. audiences. But yeah, I can see people, I mean, picking up this book too, you know, you you don't know from the cover, you have, it, it, it's just... It's very innocent looking. Definitely. Oh, <laughs> it's like a you know, whole pink cover. Uh, and, and also at diner, almost forgot to mention, there's a waitress there who serves them, and Josh had apparently hooked up with her, but he had completely forgotten about it. Forgotten about her. <laughs> and I'm like, Josh. <laughs> Talk about two different worlds colliding here with Clara and uh, Josh, right? <laughs> yes. Oh, and then uh, back home, Clara is thinking about uh, Josh's career, and she's like, and she ends up getting tempted to Google him. So she does, and she and she finds a whole <laughs> article about a whole article like praising him, like you know, oh, he's magnetic. He cares about his his female <laughs> co-stars, much more sensual mm-hmm. than other one movies. And the article includes a link to one of them. So Clara, <laughs> wa- Clara watches it, and it involves both Josh and Naomi. So like Naomi is swimming yes. in this. Cool. Josh is the lifeguard. Classic premise. Naomi <laughs> pretends to drown, and he saves her. Following it up with, you know, sex. You know, obviously, you know, <laughs> that's reasonable. <laughs> and, and I love how the book actually describes Claire fanning herself with her hand. Which is like, yes. oh yeah, like, you know, she would definitely do that. <laughs> Talk about timing, right? He walks in. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah. Here's the thing: when Claire's watching it. We cut to Josh's uh, POV because he arrives home, finds Claire lying on the sofa, and I love how like she she positioned like w- with her butt in right at him, and her nightgown like riding <laughs> up her body, and Josh, and, and then Josh hears a grunt, and he's like, "Wait, that's like that's my grunt, but I'm not grunting right now," and then he's like, "Oh, she's 
she's watching my porn. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, and, 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 and he drops the bag. He's like, he makes a noise, and Clara's just like, oh, and she's shocked, and she's like, ah, <laughs> and she's so mortified. <laughs> Yeah, she like panics and no, 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 no. <laughs> and and so you know, obviously, you know, she's got some questions about about his profession, and he is talking about his a bit about it. He's like, you know, his stage name. He got his name shot. He got his stage name, Josh Darling, from work because someone was like, was always yeah. like, oh, Josh Darling. And so, <laughs> right. and so someone was like, oh, is that your stage name, Josh Darling? And so he. That just stuck with him, <laughs> but his first name is Joshua Connors. And then he also got into the porn industry because he because he got caught by someone. I guess he was like in a, I think he was in a limo. He was going down on a woman, and then he got caught by the woman's uh, husband. But then he ended up paying Josh to keep going and to sustain right. his boner. <laughs> and Josh was like, "Oh, that just launched me into into porn." It's a good name, though, right? Josh Darling. It's a oh, good yeah. name. Definitely. I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it catches your eyes. Right. <laughs> and the conversation shifts back, shifts around to Clara because then we learn that Clara has never had a proper orgasm from any right. of the guys. Tragic. She's been, she's been with. I know, tragic. Even Josh, like you know, <laughs> Josh had the same reaction. He was like, "What the hell?" <laughs> I love his reaction. That's that's the way he sh- he should react. Finding that information yes. out. I loved that that he was like that, and he was like, "No, no, no, this is not okay." <laughs> yeah, yeah, not okay. And even she's trying to defend herself or defend other guys because she's like, you know, you know, it's okay, you know, they just, they didn't they didn't know what they were doing, you know, and also I'm perfectly good at satisfying myself. Right. <laughs> but Josh is like, no, no, like, no. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm gonna take it's it upon okay. myself. <laughs> I'm gonna take it upon myself to make you come. Yeah. And yeah. And she, you know, she's kind of like, I don't know about this at first, but they end up getting into it and she she, she keeps the underwear on. But he uses his yeah. uh, he uses his fingers and mouth to slowly but surely, you know, give her an, an orgasm. And it happens like when I say slowly, yeah. it does happen. Like he takes it very <laughs> gradually. And like kind of like kissing yes. her sides at first, and then and, and then yeah. going forward, and it was like she's taking she's taking slowly, and she's getting impatient. And I love how there was even a moment, <laughs> there's even a moment where she's teasing her long enough that she's like, he says, "I want to come, you ass," and he's like, "Oh, right. do you? Yes. Why didn't you say something sooner?" A little bit of play there. That was a fun scene. Yeah, for sure. Yes, and you know this is the first official. A sex scene in the book, and I feel like you know, as I was saying before, I feel like it's, it's organically, we're, we're organically brought up to this moment. Doesn't feel forced, and it is just like it, it's it's paced, you know, quite well. And it it doesn't it it doesn't it even hit me until the free read that the two of them don't even kiss on the mouth until oh, about seventy yeah. percent right. of the way into the book. You're right. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, yeah, it's just like pretty slow going <laughs> in that sense, I think. But... <laughs> it's very interesting, isn't it? <laughs> Afterwards, though, she actually feels embarrassed because then he ends up being, he, he ends up just like stepping back and being kind of like, to, to her eyes, kind of like clinical about it. Kind of like, oh, you know. I just, yeah, I just clinical, did, yep. I, I, just, I just did that, you know, just give me an orgasm. And now I've succeeded. So, you know, hey, yeah. you know, I've done my job. Right. But, which, like he was doing I, a service. 
yeah, a service, and she feels kind of hurt by that because I felt like, like she, she felt like she was being vulnerable, and she was expecting the same kind of thing from him afterwards. And then just like you know, I feel like it's kind of like a bit of a miscommunication here. That one should annoy me. Yeah, thankfully, but just like a bit of a miscommunication here. And I think it's interesting too because it also illustrated how she was so much more emotionally invested in sexual relations, whereas he could being in the porn industry, he could totally separate that. And so that was a total difference between the two of them where, you know, they didn't quite understand each other. And for her, you know, they, they made a lot of assumptions, which they do throughout the book. And I think that, you know, it's interesting to see that eventually that dissolves between them. But yeah, there's a big difference between Josh thinking that, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, almost like he's like coming at her, like, he's doing a service like giving a massage or cutting someone's hair or you know something that's more pleasurable like a massage makes more sense but and she was like wait this is kind of emotional for me and he's like and he doesn't portray that yeah it it was interesting because and even like for for his side it it isn't like he wasn't deriving any sort of pleasure from it at all like i think even from his side he was enjoying he was like oh you know i like seeing her want to be a little naughty you know, she was getting some fun out of that, yes. but it wasn't nearly as deep as it does. It gets deeper later on. Like, he gets more emotionally invested yeah. in this later on. For now, it's more surface level. Right, exactly. And, you know, I, I don't think he really let on that he liked it, right? So then she's, she was like, oh, this is just very clinical, right? Because I think yeah. he liked it, but I don't think he really indicated that to her. Correct, so yeah. she just was like, oh. And, and that's why the next morning, Josh does realize, like, hey, I kind of messed up. I made her feel rejected. Right. So that's when he goes down goes down to the best bakery he knows, as it says. Oh, yes. The narration. Get some chocolate, chocolate croissants and a whole tray of eclairs. <gasps> that's right. That's when he goes and gets her the, I got to make this up to you, bakery goods. <laughs> and then for Clara, she goes to Gerald's workplace, a, a PR firm, to say goodbye to her because now she's planning. Clara's like, you know what? I can't do this anymore. I gotta leave LA, go back to Greenwich. <laughs> but yep. but then her aunt asks her to be to partake in this meeting that she's having with Tony Granger, the district attorney, who is going on a re-election campaign. And Clara agrees to sit in, agrees to sit in, take notes. And Tony, you know, seems like you know, seems like a good, you know, ethical a politician. And Joe ends up hiring Clara for the, for the firm and encouraging her to stay in LA. And yeah. so now, but the thing is, Clara can't drive. And she, but she does have a license, <laughs> but she never drove back in the back, back when she was on the East Coast. So now she has to learn how to drive. So that's, you know, has a little, it's only a little subplot in this book. By the way, I will say I, I'm 24 and, I, and I'm still not, I, and I don't, I don't even have a license, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just not driving at this point. I do, want, <laughs> I, I do want to get a license, though, to be able to drive sometimes. Yeah, but you can get around other ways, right? Yeah. Thankfully, you know, we have, you know, yeah. we, have, we have Uber, you know, and Lyft and, you know, and of course, oh, you know, yes. buses, mm-hmm. taxis, and of services. Yep, yep. Then back at home, Clara is cooking pancakes for dinner when Josh comes back. I like how when Josh is like, are you trying to bribe me? And Clara has a whole <laughs> has a whole attitude of being like, oh, Kishan, no. And because then she, then she asks if she can borrow his car for driving. Yes. He's like, can I borrow your car? And... <laughs> it's a special car. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, it's a Corvette. Josh's lovely Corvette, <laughs> yeah. which 
Oh, it does not. So it does suffer a bit of damage later on. You know, which we'll get into that. We also do learn about how Clara, a couple of nights before Cotillion, Clara had uh, caused an accident, rushing to meet with Everett because she was anxious that he might leave her, and she didn't arrive in time to meet him. And then she, and then she got in the accident. Her brother was in the car was in the passenger seat, mm-hmm. and he ended up getting 14 stitches, a bruised collarbone, and a broken arm. Yeah. It's like, damn, it's like, glass no one died, but damn. Very traumatic experience. Yeah. Finally, Clark encourages Josh to lend her his car, and she'll also be her instructor of sorts. So they, and so they have a driving lesson, and yeah. yeah. And she's having trouble. She's having some trouble, you know, getting nervous because, like, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of like the remembering the car accidents. And she ends up having to distract herself by talking with him. It's like, oh, you know, admitting she's a judgmental person and that some people are like an iceberg with dangerous and beautiful parts yeah. hidden below the surface. And Josh is like, oh, is that, is that what I am? A dangerous and beautiful iceberg? And she's like, no, <laughs> you're more like an ice cap. It's <laughs> <laughs> um, funny. Yeah. Even like, I also like the moment when Josh brings up, uh, brings up his, he, he, he's like, oh, you know, do you, want, do you want me to talk about making you come? And she's like, and she speeds up. She's like, yes. you know, just speed off. <laughs> Yes. I love how she opens up throughout the book. (laughs) Relaxes about all that stuff. Then they go to Josh's high school and he talks about how he was a truant and his principal didn't care for him. He also has not seen his parents since Thanksgiving two years back. You know, we we learn more about that later on. And I'm just like, Josh, again, being immature there, you really did not have to cut off your parents for two years. Yes. Oh, I know. That's not the right choice, Josh. <laughs> and then Josh confesses to Clara about the shitty parts of the porn industry and how he's trying to escape the black hat contract and maybe what jobs he could take yeah. on afterwards. Clara does suggest he could produce something, but he's like, nobody would hire me. You know, all I have is a high school diploma, right. 30 college credits, and expertise in anal beads. But Clara mm-hmm. is being su- supportive of him and being like, no, you're an artist. You know, right. and. Yeah, I like that. That's when she's starting to, she started to change her views too. Like, cause initially she was totally freaked out. Right. And now she's just kind of seeing it in a different way now that she's getting to know Josh. Yes, exactly. And also there's a specific moment at the end of this chapter where Josh is like, oh, wait, like like he realizes he could start crushing on Sarah if he isn't careful. So it's like, I I think there's a moment where it's like, oh, you know, he even sees consciously like, oh, the emotions could get to me, you know, by yeah. if I'm if I'm not being careful here. You can see things starting to grow. Uh, Josh and Clara are continuing to live together again, still trying to figure out each, each other's routines. Mm-hmm. And Josh in particular getting used to Clara being so so clean, tidy. <laughs> There's a moment where Josh talks about his parents not being very supportive of his profession. And how people mm-hmm. get handsy with him because they think he's just kind of like, oh, you know, you're yes. just me. You know, you're just a, you're just a porn star. Right. So, of course, you're, so like of course the... you're accustomed to people touching you. Which is like, you know, I feel like that's right. also realistic, unfortunately. Yeah, it's just a lack of respect for him as a human being. And that's really sad. Yes. And I think it's, I think it's also a good reminder of, like, obviously, this thing of, hey, you know, obviously you don't get handsy with, with women. 
but also I think it applies to men too. Like, hey, you know, just because a man is a man, don't get handsy with him. It's not like you know, right? Don't be like, oh, you know, he can take it. He's a man. But it's like, hey, he also right. has his own. You know, he has his own privacy bubbles and respect it. You know, exactly. personal space, boundaries. Consent matters for yes, everyone. Yes. <laughs> yes. Consent is important. I said that multiple times in this podcast while covering uh, romance novels. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then we and then we learned that Sarah loves speed, the movie Speed, which I mean, I gotta, you know, I, I love that because last year I saw Speed for the first time. Which, oh, okay. Yeah, so I can relate, relate <laughs> to that. And I, I had a blast with it. You know, Keanu Reeves, Sandra Bullock, the whole, I mean... Yes, so, so. oh, it's been a long time since I saw it. Yeah, <laughs> I need to rewatch it now. <laughs> you should. It, it, it holds up really well. Like it's one of the mm-hmm. it's one of the probably my my favorite action movies I've seen in a while. Is it's, it okay? Yeah, it's really good. And it's funny because when I read this book, I actually had not seen Speed back when I read this back oh. in twenty twenty. So it's really nice yeah. to, go, to go from that point to be reading it now in twenty twenty three, and I'm like, yes, I've seen Speed now. I understand why Clara <laughs> loves it so much. <laughs> right, right. Now you have a different perspective. <laughs> yes. Then we learned about how Tony Granger, the DA, again, running for re-election, she had written this whole paper a few years back about Black Hat and how yep. there's like, the sexual harassment going on there, the wrongful termination, unsafe working conditions, general mistreatment, yep. and how there, like, there, not, there aren't enough witnesses, unfortunately, to speak against such a powerful company. And Josh is like, Josh is telling Claire, like, hey, Tony doesn't truly care about this issue because no changes have been made. You know, she was just yeah. using she was just using this issue to prop herself up. You know, to look to make herself look right. good politically, but she doesn't actually care about button. it. Which you know, yeah. it, it, it falls into that whole issue of taboo. Like you know, it's a whole taboo about it. People not truly caring yeah. about what people are suffering. Like you know, it's just again, you know, the, the mistreatment of the, of everyone. You know, yep. the crew and the performers. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's an unfortunate view that a lot of people have. So yeah, it's very damaging. Even like Josh is also telling Sarah, like, hey, you were born with a silver spoon in your mouth. Which I mean, you know, yeah. she was. So it's like, she, you know, she, that's was. Like, she, she is in a position where she's not all that familiar with the difficulties of the real world. And this is like her experience traveling over to LA is like her first experience of the, of the exposed right. to that. So, you know, yes, that's a learning. big deal for her. Yeah, she's mm. learning. And then also, we're going back to speed stuff, because then Clara is like, oh, you know, I'm attracted to heroism, you know, I find it hot. And yeah, yeah. Like, like, <laughs> you know, being a hero, and that's why, you yeah. know, she, she loves him in the movie. And Josh is teasing <laughs> her about it. But she also does say she would never recover from the embarrassment of Keanu calling her ma'am. And I forgot that. Like, she does, <laughs> he, does, he does call Sandra Bullock ma'am in the movie. <gasps> I didn't remember that part. So yeah, that was that was interesting to read. I didn't remember him calling her ma'am. <laughs> yes. And and then also I love how Clara denied the existence of the sequel, Speed Two Cruise Control. Which I've not seen yet, <laughs> but I've heard such awful things about it. <gasps> so I'm not going there. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like it's sad too. Like it's the same director the director of of speed also came back for the sequel. It's got it doesn't have Sandra it doesn't have Keanu, but it does have Sandra Bullock in it, along with yeah. uh, Jason Patrick and Willem Dafoe. Defoe is the villain of mm. the movie. Which is like of course like Defoe, like he's a good villain, but I feel like you know. He is a good villain. Yeah. yeah. He for sure is. But it does it, it almost makes me curious to watch crew to watch Speed Two Cruise Control purely just to be like, okay, 
it's just really that awful. I know. <laughs> I can't even remember if I saw the second one. I think I did, but I can't recall. So yeah, we'll have to go back and watch that. <laughs> and then Josh finally meets up with Black Hat. He's going because they've been bugging him for you know so long. They want to get a meeting with him, so he goes in to see you know see what deal they can come up with. You know, and specifically, mm-hmm. he's going in to meet the CEO of the studio. H.D. Uh, Pruitt. Yeah. Pruitt, you know, I Pruitt is definitely, like, you're not supposed to like him. He is very, he is, like, right. he is a scumbag, you know, he's very, just, like, yeah. he is he is total asshole, and he's kind of like, yep. oh, porn keeps men from cheating on their wives, and it's like, this is not someone right. you want to run a porn studio. He's just, like, the worst person you could have to run a porn studio. Exactly. He's despicable. That's a word I'd use for him, is despicable. Yes. yes. <laughs> yes. And Pruitt is willing to make a deal and give Josh six figures to headline his hardcore division. And now, okay, so now, now, this, now this is the moment where I was talking about before, about where I felt like it was kind of iffy, and I'll give my reasons why. Because basically, the, the way it goes is that Josh ends up thinking of Clara, and he's like, oh no, Clara wouldn't want me to do this because it, it, would be, it, it wouldn't be moral to make this uh, to take his offer, so he rejects it, and then Pruitt implies he'll blackball Josh in the industry. I feel like it's almost kind of kinky shamey of a hardcore of hardcore porn because I feel like, again, the way Josh is meeting, he's like, oh, because there's even a quote where it says he could look Sarah in the eye over breakfast tomorrow. He'd never be good enough for a woman like yeah. her, but at least he wouldn't fail this basic moral test. And I can't tell. Right. I I can't tell whether it's supposed to be. It would it be would it be immoral of him to take the money and fall into black hat crutches? Or is it meant to be, oh, it's immoral for him to get involved with hardcore porn because of how Clara would view that? And right. I I don't know. I feel like it, I feel like if this part had been worded just a little differently to make it more clear that it's about him about him the morality is about him uh, about the bribe itself, not the hardcore porn. If that was more defined, I feel like I wouldn't have nearly as big of a problem with this yeah. because it's kind of blurry. Sure, sure. I'm kind of like, wait, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I think it, you know it could go either way, but I kind of, I kind of felt. I mean, maybe I was reading into it, but I felt like it was something that he didn't want to do, and and I wasn't sure if it was because he didn't want to do the hardcore porn or if it was because he didn't want to be under contract with with Black Hat and be forced to do these things. You know, I I wasn't sure either. You know, obviously he was worried about Clara's opinion, but I think that in some way, shape or form, he didn't want to do it ultimately. And even though he kind of felt like kind of forced, like I I should have, you know, like he kind of felt like if he wanted to continue, he'd have to do it. Like he had no choice, but he didn't like, and he didn't like that. Yeah, like, I, I, I have no problem with him, like, not wanting to do hardcore porn if that's just his choice from his perspective. Like, oh, I just don't prefer hardcore porn. But there's a difference between right. that and the perspective of, oh, I think hardcore porn is bad overall. You know, there's a difference right. between those two viewpoints. Right. And I feel like I'm worried. Yeah, yeah. Again, if it's blurry enough, it could fall into, oh, hardcore porn is bad overall, which, you know, right. you know I don't, it, it's not. But, you know, just again, as long as everyone is consenting, everyone is in a safe working environment, then just, you know, go for it, you know. And, and everyone is consenting. And again, exactly. everyone is safe, then just go for it. Right. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, so that's just my, my one little nitpick, if anything, in, in this book. Everything else is yeah. great. 
but also make I, it more a little more clear. Yeah, because even like because also in the chapter, Josh also it it does say in the narration that he tried to do a porn shoot with another guy once and learned that he strongly prefers to do it with women. And the way that was worded, it just felt more like it's his preference. Like, oh, I, I just don't, I just prefer not doing this guy. I just prefer doing it with women. But it felt like more, again, just, right. just his preference, not an overall statement. Like, oh, uh, M one is bad. You know, that's, right. it's the difference between that, the way that's worded, and then this, you know. Yep, yep. And so he, he rejects the offer, but again, now he has to worry about black hat, black him from the industry. So we got yeah. that concern. And then when Josh comes home, he's all moody. So Clara tries to cheer him up by putting on Die Hard, another another good old action movie. <laughs> which again, I also saw that for the first yeah. time last year. And Die Hard, I mean, I love oh, that. Yes. Well, classic. <laughs> yep, that's a that's a classic. And oh, although Bruce Willis, though, I'm really sad about about him and just like and how he now now he's even diagnosed with dementia. I mean, that's just. Yeah, I heard something about that. I don't really know much more than I just heard, like, something, yeah, something to that effect. Yeah, yeah it's, the, it's a diagnosis started out with aphasia, and then it went into, I think, if I recall correctly, frontotemporal dementia, it has specific wording. Okay. And it's just like, wow. hearing about that, and it's funny, I, I feel like I, was, I watched the whole Die Hard franchise last year for the first time. And so it's sure. kind of like, it's, it's weird to, like, do that, and then, like, oh my god, it's like, Bruce Willis, it's like, oh no, like one of the big action stars. Yeah. Like he's mortal. He's mortal and he yeah. will probably die in a few years. I mean I mean Oh, like, I know. It's we're gonna just lose heartbreaking. Him. We're gonna lose him eventually. Yeah. I mean that'll that'll be a sad day. Absolutely. Yes. Very, very sad. And then the the movie time is interrupted by the power going out. Blackout. Aren't they always fun? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that throws in a kink. And they try to entertain themselves by playing some Snapjack. And then Fruit mm-hmm. is texting Josh, trying to, you know, bother him a bit more. Like, hey, you know, come on, accept the deals. You know you want to. <laughs> and then Clara, to help, try to help out Josh, is like, hey, how about you do an orgasm how-to guide? And, you know, I can produce it because I've got the money. I can help to fund this. And then right. she suggests, hey, maybe you could team up with someone who won't mind being on camera. You know, that person being right. Naomi Grant, you know, is yep. a The birth of their yeah. uh, their business. Yep. And, you know, you, you know, kudos to Clara for coming up with this proposal. Because, mm-hmm. you know, oh, for sure. Yeah, she's adapting to the environment and being like, hey, you know, you know orgasms are important. Let's get going on this. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, it's nice to see her come from the beginning of the book to even to this point. It's like you just want to cheer and be like, yes, you know, it's awesome. And so Josh sets up a meeting with Clara and Naomi at a boarding alley. And, you know, the talk, you know, the talking business. I like and Naomi. I love how Naomi is bringing in her own, you know, business sense for meeting. And Josh calls to enterprise sex ed with a makeover. Yeah, <laughs> Which we could use we could use that in America. We need that. Oh my gosh, yes, that's just hitting the nail on the head. Our our sex ed is horrendous in our country, oh. really bad. <laughs> yes. And now Clara, Naomi, Josh are establishing their new business, and now they start auditioning potential performers. Oh, also Naomi is also studying for her masters at social psychology and family mm-hmm. dynamics. Just wanted to mention that. I oh, love yeah. that part too. Yes, I love that. At the, window, at the studio, they get, get the studio set up, they're going to start auditioning people. 
uh, one of them, one of the people there, Matt Masterson. Uh, flirts with Claire, mm. but flirts with Clara for a bit. Yeah. <laughs> and, and but but then this is kind of like another little miscommunication moment between Clara and Josh because then afterwards Josh is like, Oh, he's not the guy for you. You deserve someone like a firefighter or a doctor or someone like that. And Clara's like, Oh, <laughs> I get it. I'm not sexy enough. Right. And Josh is like and Josh wants to be like, No, no, that's not what I mean at all. But before he can correct her, Naomi comes in and is like, Hey, auditions are starting so he isn't able to correct her in time. And then they get into auditions, and the first person who comes out, Marissa, uh, she is like, she just gets into the audition, you know, she steps down, starts masturbating, shows her some dirty talk, because of course, this is normal for her. Like, you know, she's, you know, she's a professional at this, and Naomi and Josh, you know, <laughs> they have their notes, you know, again, they're also professionals, obviously. They've done this many, yep. many times before. Sarah, however... Right. Is one of the judges, <laughs> and she does not handle it all that well. No. In fact, she runs out of the room not eventually really. because it is just too overwhelming. Yeah, for yeah. Her. Even before then, <laughs> there's a point. I think she she writes a note, doesn't she? Just like she writes like naked or something like that. I don't know if that's the exact yeah, word, yeah. but like she writes. That's all she can come up with. Like come up with, it's just na- naked <laughs> because she is so. It's just like, like oh oh my flustered. <laughs> she fumbled a bit there, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I feel like it's 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 fitting it's fitting with her personality, but I will also, but I was also like Sarah, like come on, like you, like come on, like you know, you know. I feel like we. I mean, I don't know. I I was gonna say it might be embarrassing for Marissa, but again, also Marissa's done this many times before. So I feel like it's probably. Right. I feel like it's probably just like yeah, you know, whatever. You know, she probably didn't care that much. Just yeah. have someone like you know just. She was still growing in her openness. <laughs> and Josh follows out of the room and apologizes to her for putting too much on her, you know, not preparing her enough. And and right. I, I even love how he how he how he says, like, oh, you know, you're an untapped gold mine just waiting for someone to discover uh, you. And there's all that sexy potential. And uh-huh. he even offers he even offers to walk around the apartment naked as a desensitization <laughs> tactic. With Claire turned down. But I I, I really like how he was supporting her, though, in that moment. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, like, definitely. And then there's a visit that Josh and Claire take to a sex shop. And they're looking at the merchandise. (laughs) They talk a bit about Ben Wildbard. (laughs) As it says in the book, they go inside you to to strengthen your pelvic floor and to be used for edging. But I I think I remember hearing about that before. I remember hearing about that. Yeah, yeah, that's a thing, yep. (laughs) For sure. Clara is like my family, especially my mom, my mom, who doesn't want me to embarrass her when want to be fraternizing with porn stars. And Clara, yeah. and she's like, you know, my family and Everett's family have essentially set up this whole arranged marriage between us. And nobody mm. even gives care that Everett and I have never even kissed. Which, right. Which is like, <laughs> I mean, because Clara has been like holding this, you know, holding this, you know, this, these embers for, for Everett. Yeah. But he... He's always viewed her just as a friend. Like, you know, obviously, we know at the end right. of the book, you know, even, even at the end, it's like, oh, he just views her as a friend. He's never going to view her romantically. And honestly, he hasn't really worth her time anyway. He's, he, he's, no. uh, he's <laughs> just uh, not, not, not a good, not a good partner yeah. for her. No, no. Again, and she was buying into all of that. He just dropped her off at the apartment without warning her probably about, like, roommates. Like, come on. Yep. <laughs> 
And this whole talk leads into Clara and Josh's conversation about how the anticipation of a kiss plays a huge role in enjoying the kiss itself. And as Clara dives mm. into the details of this niche topic, it gets Josh all funny. And yeah. And because he has he has masturbated to the thought of Clara. Like he's admits that in his third person POB. That's admitted. Yeah. Yeah. She and she ends up suggesting he journal all this horniness out by right about the sex fantasies on the page. Which leads to back home where Clara is if she is trying to think up think up a domain name for the business, but they're having trouble. And Josh's suggestions were ladybonus.com and orgasmsforall.org. Right. Four, as right. in the number, number four. But they're like, nah, no, these don't really ro- roll off a tongue. Right. They came up with the good one. Yes. And, oh, also, just to note, Clara is wearing extra large men's pajamas in this scene as well. Oh, yeah. He thinks she's too covered up. Yep, too covered up. But then this leads yep. into Josh coming in. And being like, hey, you know, I, I've been writing these fantasies in my journal, but maybe, maybe let's try reading these fantasies out loud so that, you know, we, we can yeah. test them. Obviously, you know, we have to vet these techniques. We have to see, like, hey, can they truly get the partners in the mood? You know, find out what works right. for our, you know, right. our new business. And then, yeah. and then Josh suggests that Clara try, try it out on herself, try out specifically the... The nipple stimulation. Yep, yep. Because they're like, I think they're like, oh, men often don't really focus on the nipples all that much because, so, you know, it's kind of like you don't know what to do right. with them. Often women have to do it themselves. And that's mm-hmm. what leads to this whole thing. And I, and then they they end up like, you know, they, they get into it. Like, we're, they're just like, oh, we're just masturbating in order to better techniques, you know, release any sexual tension has been building up inside of us. It's not actually sex. And I'm just like, wow, you're so oblivious. Yeah, it's a really interesting scene, I think, too. And, you know, it's it's a good, I think it's a good topic that got added into the book because I don't think it's, yeah, it's not always... Uh, maybe maxed out as it should be. So I think that that's good that they included that. I I thought that was an important piece to include. And and it's built it's built up to just naturally again naturally, which I appreciate. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And and even I I also love the moment when even when uh when she takes off her shirt, and mm-hmm. in her pajamas and she's nervous about her curves, but she's like, oh, I love right. curves. Those are the best parts. Yes, I like that line too. That's the best part. Yes. <laughs> and she's feeling anxious about this, so Josh gives a tip. Well, and he's like, "Hey, you know, maybe, uh, you know, there's a good tip about telling your partner how sexy you find them to be, how desirable they are, in order to ease them into right. things." Which is when Josh tells Clara how attractive he finds her, and it's like right. really easy to end of this. And even like, <laughs> there's a moment where Clara holds her own dress. And it's like, and yes, I, yes. And I, <laughs> because I think it's, it's supposed to be like, they're pretty big, apparently. And yeah, it, yeah. So it's like, she's holding them. And, 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 then, <laughs> and then she tells him to take out his penis. And he's just like, right. he steps down very quickly. I think, right? He, it's very quickly. <laughs> he steps down. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't she tell him to to not or whatever? And then he's like, "Oh no, you said it." Is that that's oh, the scene, right? Okay, yeah, yep. And yeah, and then, yeah he does <laughs> I like it. that scene. He does it. She does it as well. She takes off her pajama pants, and then they both just start masturbating. And Clara, and then Clara says Josh's name, and Josh is like, 
and then Josh wants her to keep saying his name. And they both yep. come, you know, they both do it, and afterwards, Josh returns to his room to record his findings, and then Tara mm. <laughs> ends up coming up with the domain name, Shameless. But that's the name yes, of the business. which is a good name. Great name. Yeah, definitely. But yep. So again, they don't they don't like have sex together, and what I feel like what society would consider the standard <laughs> terms. But it's like they masturbate right. together. So I feel like yeah, that's sex. That's sex enough. That's sexy. Right. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and again, just being so oblivious. And, oh, also I should also note that that's the whole series of for these two books, the roommate and intimacy experiment. So both known as the hmm. Shameless series. Both named after. Oh, okay. Sure, sure. Okay. And then Clara and Josh, uh, after that, they host a barbecue for the performers mm. and the crew to bring into Shameless. And then there's a moment where Clara sees Naomi passing this little electronic, like a, a this little flash drive to Josh, which will come mm, back to that flash drive that's later. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Josh suggests they all play a game of Never Have I Ever. And this is a very spicy yeah. version. <laughs> the, yes. The, for example, like, where Josh, Josh is like, Never Have I Ever fucked both members of a married couple. Or to someone else who right. says, Never Have I Ever fucked ten times in one day. <laughs> <laughs> I know, those are so funny. And Josh, Josh puts a finger down for that one. So apparently he's, he's right. done that somehow. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, that's, that's a lot. <laughs> I know, right? That was a fun part. But Clara, so this game shows off how much more sexually experienced uh, everyone else, uh, everyone in this game is than Clara. And she's like, and I remember, I remember how she's like, oh, breaking a bone. She uses that for herself. And someone else is like, mm, yes, oh, wait, that's right. wait, do you mean breaking a boner? <laughs> because I've done that. <laughs> That was so funny. Oh my gosh. That was a really funny part. And she's yes. like, no, I mean a bone, a real bone. <laughs> a human bone. Like, like yeah, the bone to keep our bodies together. And I have heard though about <laughs> boners, like act like penises uh getting literally broken. The uh right. which is like, oh yep, that is a uh, oof, agonizing to hear about. <laughs> Experience. <laughs> it can happen. It can, it can like, yeah, damage. Clara <laughs> yes. just runs out, run, runs out of the room again, like back at the studio. She ran out of the studio during the audition. Yeah. She runs out of the room here, and Josh goes yeah. after her again to comfort her with the thing she's done that yeah. the performers haven't. And I thought this was really sweet. How he's like, it was. He made her feel better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, yeah, he's like, you know. She was like, oh, you know, like having like a, a doctorate, I think, or something, something like that. Because she has a, she yeah. has a degree in, in mm-hmm. art history. She has like an art yeah. history major. So it's like, she's right. coming up, so he's coming up with like the reasons for like, you know, how she's more experienced. And just so pretty, yeah. really sweet. And, oh, and also one of, one of them was causing Josh to bump into a door frame, thanks to her walking out of the bathroom and a tiny towel. Yes, I that, like that, that part too. That's why he had a band-aid on his head because they commented on that earlier. Like, yes. hey, why do you have a band-aid on his head? <laughs> it's a comp- confidence builder. All of those things were confidence builders for her. Yes. And then they play a game of Flip Cup, which Clara does oh, end yes. up doing a great job at. And she's apparently <laughs> always been good at Flip yeah. Cup. So that's like a little secret that she left out, like a little secret side. Yep, that was fun. Yes, but, but Naomi 
she does pick up on vibes between Clara and Josh. She and does. She, and she is kind of, like, warning mm-hmm. him, like, hey, like, don't do it. And she isn't doing this to be malicious, you know, thankfully. She's, she's, right. she's, she's just being, like, pragmatic. Like, hey, like, don't do it. You know, if you get in a relationship and then feelings get involved, this could end up being a total mess. Yeah, I wondered if it was going to go malicious at that point. I wondered if if she was doing it uh, to be mean or because of jealousy. You know, I wondered if that's where the storyline was going to go at that point. But thankfully not. Yeah, she, she's just being, I think, mm-hmm. she's just looking at, at this from like a down-to-earth sense. Like, hey, you know, this can mess up our business. Yes. It can mess up your friendship. You know, just like right. she's doing it pragmatically, not being like envious. Yeah, practical. We need to protect the business. And yeah, mm-hmm. And, and it, even though Josh was telling himself the same thing as Naomi earlier, like, he was going down that line right. before, but now he's like, oh, now I'm resistant to the idea. And his mother, apparently, his mother right. used to say, if you want something to happen, tell Josh it can't be done. Right. <laughs> Reverse psychology. Yeah, you know, you can say all the practical stuff in the world, but you still got your feelings going on, right? And Josh is, and then we, and then we go back to the studio where Josh is testing out equipment before the next shoot. Because he, so he's moving about the equipment and being like, oh, wait, now we need to move the tape because otherwise it's yes. not going to look right for like, the cameras. <laughs> we need to replace, we, need, we yeah. need to move out the tape. And then he gets Claire to help him out with repositioning stuff and testing out poses. So this leads yeah. up to them uh, dry humping each other. Yes, it and led to like, a very sexy scene. Yes, and <laughs> although she does accidentally step on his groin at one moment, yeah. which I was like, oh, that was amazing. <laughs> and, and, then, and I'm like, oh my god, are you like, you're too horny teenagers? Are, like, this, what is the high school? I know, like, right? I almost feel like it'll be more, it's like more embarrassing to them dry humping than if they were just playing naked. Because even then, because Naomi, right. because Naomi catches them in the act. And if, I forget the specific quotes, but when she walks in, she doesn't even say something along the lines of, oh, just go, for the, just go the whole way or something like that. Just do like, don't, don't half ass it or something like that. But it was like, right. <laughs> it was just like, yeah, just like go, go the full way, you know? Right. And obviously, Naomi's not happy, you know? And she's like, you, need, you, you didn't even have to adjust, to readjust things because like I had like the wide angle lens professionally clean and it was arriving to switch out the lenses. Now I have to move mm-hmm. around to smaller schedules. You got kind of messing things up. And she's like, swear to me, swear to me that you won't get into any sexual entanglements with Carol or anyone else. Otherwise, I'm going to leave. Yes, it can get messy here. And even like Naomi says her and Josh's relationship worked because they left each other alone for the most part. They didn't tie each other down. Right. And she knew he's never right. fallen in love yes. with her. Yeah, so. they, they, yeah, they had a different kind of relationship. Naomi also does comment on how Clara may look soft, but she could probably eat me out for breakfast. Right. <laughs> That's a good line. <laughs> And then back to Clara, who has her first big presentation with Tony Granger's campaign team, but she's late. Mm, yes. Uh, she overslept, waiting up for Josh, and now her bus is late, and her aunt Jill can't start his house because Clara has the copies of the presentation. So then yeah. she was to borrowing Josh's Corvette without his permission. Doesn't want to call him because she because yeah. she thinks he'll say no. But then she gets into a car crash. Just a few blocks from the firm. Oh, just bad, bad luck there. Yeah. So Josh goes to see her at the hospital. Thankfully, she's okay. Uh, she does have whiplash and her neck and shoulders. And yeah. the seatbelt did more damage than anything, anything apparently. 
Josh mm. is mad, but he's also happy Claire's okay, and he cares much more about her than his Corvette. And I, I really like that. Like, he, he was just concerned about her. Because we know in the beginning of the book how important that car was to him, but then we see now that, you know, he's like, you know, Clara thinks, oh, he's going to hate me, but then she's starting to see that, no, he values her as a person more than the car. And yeah, I like yeah. that too. And then also, he does also open up about his Corvette and how he, his, like, his grandpa yes. had bought Corvette back in the 1970s, really treasured yep. it, and then gave it to Josh as a gift when he was old enough to drive. And it felt better giving right. it to him than it did when his grandpa bought it. And now Josh has the same feeling as he's now letting Sarah borrow it. We learn more about his history, too, and his family and his upbringing in that scene. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, very sweet. And then back at home, Clara is taking a shower, and she and she's having some trouble because, you know, again, <laughs> she still has to work fast, so it's kind of like hard for her to, to move around and, like, reach up to her head and all that. Right. Initially, does not want Josh coming in to help her because, yeah. Josh, <laughs> because Josh is like, wait, you know, do, do you want some help? Do you want some assistance? And she's like, no, no, at first. And she's also feeling incredibly guilty about wrecking his Corvette, especially since it'll be in the mechanic shop for a week. But she, <laughs> yeah. she eventually lets him into fashion to help her. And so now he's yep. taking off his yep. own clothes, except for his briefs, <laughs> and stopping into the shower to help Sarah. Because this was going to turn yep. out okay, right? No temptation here. <laughs> Very intense. <laughs> Very intense scene, yeah. Because he, he, now he's watching her. He's able to see her, just her vagina, just like right there. Uh-huh. Just like, and, and they almost do kiss, like when he, when he stands up. But she slips a little. And gets dizzy. So Josh is just like, no, it's like, I, got, I gotta get out of here. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, also, because I, I thought the, I thought the impression was that she couldn't reach up. But like, wait, can't she? Oh. Like, so, so, why is, so why is Josh getting down, like, getting down below and like washing her legs? Like, she can't, can't do it by herself, right. you know? I feel like. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I feel like, again, it's like a temptation, <laughs> you know? It's like she's getting, she's getting yeah, yeah. tempted. Mm-hmm. And then Clara gets flowers from Everett, who had heard about her car accident from Lily, her mom, and you know, her mom mm-hmm. is still kind of like probing into Clara's life, and you know, yeah. trying to, you know, find out what's going on. You, at this point, Clara's still very much like, hey, you know, I want Everett to romantically love me, and Clara likes living, not, likes not living in a place where everyone immediately connects her with her family, you know, that's why she likes living here in LA. Mm-hmm. I really love the scene where Josh comes home from the shameless studio and he and Clara are looking at photos of her and she was a kid. Oh, yes. I, I like those scenes, too. Yeah. Apparently, they both had gaps in their teeth. And that was a cute moment. I thought that was a really good thing to show. You know, no one's perfect. And, you know, it's just, it was like kind of accepting them. They were accepting each other as a whole. And it was just, she wasn't hiding it. And it was just, it was just reality and it was fine, you know? And so it, I think it was good to, to see that too. Yeah. And just like, and she, and she, you know, this is one of the she talked more about her mom and, you know, as I said before, being all parents yes. proper and wanting to kick back home. Yeah. And right. Claire, yep. fi- Claire finally admits at this point that she thinks she liked Everett for so long because he always held his love just outside of arm's reach. And right. then Josh gets pissed off, and he's like, and 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 he says, "quote If Everett can't see that you are epically, painfully beautiful and so sexy that I actually rub myself raw thinking about the way your mouth moves, then he's the one who's pathetic, right. and he's making the biggest mistake yep. of his miserable life." Oh, absolutely! Great lines. 
Yeah, that's that's this vulnerable moment finally when Josh and, and Josh does have a moment where he's like, Wait, did I make did I just make a huge mistake here admitting my feelings for her? <laughs> I know, right? But she's receptive <laughs> to him and they finally kiss mm-hmm. for the very first time. Again, yeah. this is almost well, almost seventy yeah. percent of the way through the book at this point. And I they know, kiss on the right? lips. That's why, again, I feel like, After they've done other things. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's why I, I feel like it's kind of oddly slow burn in that sense. You know, it's like, it's not yes. typical the way this book builds up with the spice and the romance. Right. Yeah, it's almost like the, the, the emotional sexual connection was a slow burn, but not the, the actual physical sexual connection. So right. they're like two different timelines going on. And yeah, the, the emotional one was the slow burn. Yes, exactly. And he, you know, I, you know, just starting to get, you know, officially, like, you know, starting to get more steamy now. And he wants to slow mm-hmm. things down, but she's anxious and speedy. Right. She's like, "Come on, let's get this going." <gasps> and because he hasn't let love leak into sex for a while, not even the sex he had with Naomi, but now it's yes. like again, the emotions getting involved here. So he's nervous about sleeping with Clara and opening up his heart to her officially, being vulnerable. And even when you, when they get into the bedroom, and they're like, he's going down on her at first, and then they're preparing mm-hmm. for penetration, and then he tenses up because yep. he's worried that she, because he's worried that she might be like turned off by his job. Maybe right. she's like, oh, maybe she's wondering like, oh, is this real? Are you just in porn star right? Are you just in porn star mode right now? And like she's not thinking that. He's worried that she's thinking that about yeah. him. Again, the insecurity is right. coming in. Yep. Yes, oh, for sure. Yes, and, and that's, that's why Clara has reassures him, you know, that she doesn't have those concerns. And, like, she goes she, she goes down with him for a bit. And even, like, humming. Mm-hmm. It, know, it knows that she even hums. Yes! While she, while she's, I like that. That's a while, fun little piece, yeah. While she's giving him the piece of low job. <laughs> and then finally, you know, she gets condom. They do the penetration. And there's a point where he flips them yep. over to it so she's, so she's on top. And he wanted to do that since the moment they met, he says. Yes, I love that. <laughs> Finally, right? Yes. And Claire says, you said you thought I was a cat burglar. And his reply is, I was going <laughs> right. to let you burgle me. <laughs> I know, it was a good line. I was going to let you burgle me. <laughs> uh, but yes, finally, they did it the first time, you know, you know, like with the emotions and the sex all at high levels. Yes, it's gratifying. And after it's over, he's like, hey, you know, let's go someplace to eat. You know, even though it's, yes. it's three in the morning. <laughs> yep. I also like how when Josh says, I think you might be the best thing that's ever happened to me. And Clara to herself is like, yes. he doesn't mean it. It's not like it sounds. And it's like, uh, No, what an amazing line. It is, it is. <laughs> yes. And so they go to the, they go to the Jack Cafe which yep. is called Miss Divine's Corner Cafe. I yep. think the server there is like best waffles and neighborhoods. I know. I love that line too. Yes. <laughs> that I, was a good line. Yes. And I will say though, reading about that, it did make me a bit depressed because of course, now we know the Tennessee's are going to have that whole bill to ban public drag performances, which is like mm. really upsetting. It's ridiculous. And it's like, yeah. What 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 is this world coming to? I know. I know it. And then as a cafe, Josh of your catch-up story. Because we had learned at the beginning of the yeah. book that he has a fear of catch-up. Yes. But in the, in, <laughs> which is so funny. 
<laughs> and, and, and I think if I recall correctly, I think Sarah might have been like, oh, wait, is this a viscosity or something? But we learn here, right. we learn here, it's because his, co- his cousin had apparently, like, he, he, he was like, oh, my cousin Fred took the blame for something I did, so my cousin in retaliation covered my hands and ketchup when I was sleeping. And said, tickle me as a feather, get me to rub my eyes. Uh, and with, with her ketchup covered right. hands. And the vinegar, Aww. the vinegar got in his eyes. It was like a prank that went really bad and then yes. it affected his life long term. <laughs> I know, it was like, you can't even, uh, he's just terrified of ketchup. And that's specified, he, he doesn't hate ketchup. He is scared of ketchup. Right. That's the difference. He, no ketchup. That's my <laughs> But I mean, okay, uh, like you know, I could understand that, like, like, oh, some vinegar in your eyes. I mean, that would be just horrible. Yes. And in general, like, I have, yeah, in general, I hate like eye stuff. Like, I hate, I hate my eyes getting itchy. Yeah. It's like a particular thing with me, and I hate like eyelashes yeah. or like just anything, anything getting in my eyes. Or even in horror movies, when I watch yeah. a horror movie and there's eye crap going on, <laughs> that terrifies yeah. me more oh, than. Oh yeah, and eye pain is terrible. Yeah, more than simple blood and gore, you know, in my case. Yeah, it just makes you cringe. Yeah. And then we, we have another key moment, one of the many key moments, when uh, Josh and Claire, they, they draw these like, caricatures of themselves on the brown oh, paper yes. on the table. Uh-huh. And because they have yeah. crayons. And Claire, for her class, does model her caricature, her drawing, after Chagall the artist, and because mm, she was like, yes. again, artistry major, so she's like, oh, when he drew lovers, mm-hmm. they're kind of like often floating in each other's arms, caught somewhere between right. awake and dreaming. And I, I, really, I really like her reasoning behind that, like why she chose to do yeah. this drawing of Josh and herself. Yep, I like that too. Yes, but, but and there's this moment where Josh was about to tell her he loved her, but then the server arrived with waffles, <laughs> and he's like, well, <laughs> yes. I'll just tell her tomorrow. Right. Oh, so close. But and and then when they leave, Josh yeah. covertly rips her drawing off the table, tucks it in his pockets. So oh, I know. I liked that part where he saved that. Yeah. And then Clara is back at the Shaman Studio with Josh, and they're getting ready to launch. And even Clara has sent out the press releases. Hmm. Yep. And you know they're getting things prepared. And Naomi, I just, I just, I remember in this chapter, she was, just, she seemed to be, to be, to be really softening up towards Clara. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, which I really enjoyed in how and they even have a talk here. Clara is like Clara asked her, can people change? Yeah. And so Naomi, I remember that, yes. Na- Naomi's like, yeah, if circumstances are right, but you have to want to, and most people don't. Or something big enough has to happen yep. to you. Something that leaves you with no other options. Right. Yep. And we learned about her backstory, which I, I really appreciate this. Yeah, I thought that was, uh, I liked that part too. I think it really added depth to her character and helped us learn more about her and just made a good statement too. Yeah, because, yeah, because she had, because she had, what happened was that she had a high school boyfriend mm-hmm. who she had nudes of her on the internet, nudes that she had taken herself and sent over to him. Yeah. So, which is like horrible. And uh, unfortunately, like, uh, obviously that, that happens. And it's like, it's awful. Right. Yeah, horrible for her. Yeah, and, and she ends up putting out even more uh, photos of herself to decrease the value of the original pictures. She's like, that's what I'm doing right. now, and I'm going to go. And she goes into porn, because it's like, hey, you know, I'm, if I'm going to be n- naked, you know, I'm, at least might as well, I might as well go at this from the position of empowerment. I know, I, you know, I'm doing this. You know, I'm making right. the, 
decision. She wanted to do it her way. Exactly. Like she was kind of claiming, yes, claiming that for herself. Me claiming her body, yes. her agency. Yep, exactly. It's wow. an interesting idea of that that brought her to that career. Yeah, I, I also like how it's a contrast between her and Josh. You know, it's, it's, it's different. Yes, it's, it's, they're it's, different. Mm-hmm. Different, different backstories about how to get into porn as well. It's like a contrast. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And Naomi continues to give some more pragmatic advice. And it's just like, hey, like, you know, sometimes we think we want something until it's time to live with the consequences. But it's still worth trying and going through the pain, these hardships, because right. there is value and importance in it. And just like, you know, yep, exactly. just, just adds development to Clara and Naomi's dynamic. Yep, for sure. And then Clara and Josh are going to see Rocky and Cheetos. Uh, they, mentioned oh, the mu- yes. they mentioned the mummy because Josh was like, you try to convince me it's a love story. And Clara was like, it is a love story. <laughs> and she's like, you know, right. <laughs> li- librarians are pillars of society. Yeah. <laughs> and I love this. I love this little mention because I... For one, I'm a huge fan of The Mummy. It's a childhood favorite of mine. It continues to be a favorite of mine mm-hmm. now. And yes, I will say it is a love story. It does involve ro- romance. Yeah, it does. Absolutely, it does. Yes, yes. for sure. Such a great, great movie, The Mummy. I've got to, you know, got to make it clear. <laughs> and it's all fun. You know, at first, you know, when, when that theater, it's all fun, you know. And yes, at, at first. And then so they're even planning to go watch the second Rocky movie, Rocky 2. Yes. And, by the way, I, I, I want to rewatch the franchise sometime because Rocky movies are on Netflix at the moment. And I'm in the mood to stream oh. all of the movies. And Creed as well, because actually the first two Creed movies are coming to HBO Max in March. And I have never oh, seen okay. I, I never seen the Creed movies. So I want to watch those as well. But, yeah. but Rocky, yeah, you know, it's Rocky. been a long time since I've seen Rockies. Hmm. Yeah, Rocky's good. I, Rocky, yeah, I, think I've, I think I've seen... I've seen the first four Rocky movies, but none of the Rocky movies after mm-hmm. that. Right. Yeah, I can't even remember where I stopped, uh, Stopped, but I, I saw many, several of them, but yeah. I can't recall which one was the last one I saw. I just remember, I just remember, I, I just remember, I know I watched the first four Rocky movies, because I remember the last one mm-hmm. I saw was was with Apollo, was when Apollo got killed, and we brought in, you know, Dolph Lundgren. Mm-hmm. In the, in the fourth yeah, movie. Okay. That's, that, that's how I remember. That's yeah. how I, I remember that being like, oh, that's the last Rocky movie I watched. Sure, sure, yep. Yeah. So again, Josh and Clara are planning to watch Rocky 2, but then they're like, hey, you know, why don't we actually just go back home and have some sex? But then, right. <laughs> Tony Granger shows up with some politicians, uh-huh. and this is, uh, this is one of the moments where I'm just like, Sarah, why? Why, 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 why? I know. Because because, I was cringing. Because when she, because when they ran into Tony, uh, Tony's like, hey, hey, you know, hey, you know, uh, who's this? Who, who's, who's, who's Josh? And Clara is like, oh no, he's not my boyfriend. Yeah, I, I don't even know him. Like, I was just asking him, like, where the bathroom yes. is. And, Ugh. and Josh is like, and Josh in that position was just like, what? And Clara, and Clara, and, and the thing is, Sarah says it once. She denies knowing Josh once, and then right. she confirms it a second time. It's not a yes. situation oh, where it's like, it's not a situation where she doesn't slip out. Like, oh no, I don't know him, and then and then she tries to backtrack. It's like no, she confirms it yeah. again. That's so painful. I mean, she could have at least said he was a friend. She went way bad there. Yeah, she, yeah. Oh, 
and here's the thing: I'm not, I'm not saying it's a bad moment, like writing wise. Like, I, it, I'm not, like, I'm not right. saying it's bad. Like, it works for the book, you know. I'm not trying to Rosie Dannon for for writing it that way because other books, yeah, that we've had these kind of conflicts, and it feels uh forced. It feels like it feels like Andy really needs it. It feels clumsy, but if you feel like here, right. it works well. But I can still feel my frustration towards Clara. Or yeah. but being like, oh, once you, like, you know, I can't, I can't be connected to Josh at all because that will taint my yeah. reputation, you know, right. with, with, with Tony, and I got, I got to be pristine. It was just a, it was a painful scene to go through and just, yeah, kind of hurt. <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 you're making a big, you're making a big mess, and you're hurting him. And, yeah, and Josh is devastated. You know, he is devastated. He is yes, and it. And he is like, it's now like bringing all of this, like his, his insecurities of being like, oh, does Clara, is Clara yeah. concerned about me being a porn star? Yeah. And now it's like, oh crap, she does. Like my, my fears are real. And so that's yeah. why after Tony leaves, Clara tries to apologize and being, being like, I'm so sorry. And then he's like, oh, it's not like this was a real date. So oh, he's right. doing that now in retaliation to hurt her. And, and you know, again, but it's like, my... it's just like, it's the pain going on around you saying things that are hurtful to each other. Yeah. And it's it's like, a little bit of a train wreck there. Yeah. And it's, it's like, uh, again, I want to shake you, but I can understand where you're coming from. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. She hurt him. She hurt him bad. You know, like, of course he's going to feel bad about that. If someone denies, I mean, basically, she totally denied him. She just totally dissed him. It, it plays. It plays into those fears of being of like, oh, the porn taboo, which like is right. uh, it fears. Yeah. And now the next day, they're back at the studio. Claire keeps trying to apologize to him, and then Naomi tries to. It's like, oh, let's you know, it tries to set up, set her up on a blind date with a dentist. Oh yes. Oh, I hated that part. I was like, no, don't go there. <laughs> yeah, and, and 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 I like how Naomi's like, hey, he's single and handsome. Ah. Stop it. I did not like that part. I wanted to like scratch it out. <laughs> and then Benny calls out Josh and informs him that two people who worked with Josh have been cut out from future Black Hat productions. And now this is yeah. like, because now what Fruit is doing, the CEO, he's making Josh pay by being like, hey, you know what? If you don't want to sign up with me, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to make, I'm going to make the workers, the crew pay for your crap. Yeah. And yeah, he is ruthless. Oh, terrible. Yeah, he is. Yeah. And even Naomi points it out. It's like, hey, Fluid will do whatever he can to quell this, just kind of like many rebellion that we have going on here. Because it's like, it is right. kind of like Shameless. It's like making a break of here. And Fluid is probably terrified of what Shameless can do to be like become competition and draw, draw, right. draw the cast and crew away from his, from his studio. Yeah. And yeah. again, I I want to I want to make it clear. Black Hat is powerful. It owns like it's not. It's like it's it's like it almost like it's like Amazon. It, it's like Amazon mm-hmm. way it's described. It's like <laughs> it owns. It's not just one studio. It's like a mega conglomerate. It open. It owns multiple studios. So it has its right. hands like all over the industry with multiple That's studios. It's devastating. Yeah. To be cut out. Yeah. To be. You know, blackballed and pushed out of there. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, it's like Amazon or like honestly, I, Disney. Disney is a very good example of that as well. Compared to like, yeah, picture mm-hmm. like picture, picture Black Hat Studios like the porn version of Disney. Yes, uh huh. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Accurate. 
you know, it's so great to see Claire being so determined to support porn stars and shameless. You know, she's so she's still fighting for this and she's, you know, being dogged yeah. about this whole quest. There's a moment where it does point out at the end of the chapter where Josh looks for his for, for the flash drive, what Naomi had given to him mm. earlier. And right. because because apparently he's been adding to it. So again, you know. Yes. That's a little reference. You know, we'll come back to the flash drive later. Yep, yep. And then Clara and Gerald are nervous about Tony after her latest campaign appearance, where she didn't really have a win. She, her opponent made her right. look soft in crime, which really like being tough. Yeah. And she's about like reforming. She's like, she's trying to go for like, like you know, reform politics right. towards crime. That's her stance. And and then Tony talks to Clara and it's like, what would he tell me to do if I found out someone on my campaign was doing something yeah. that could be inflammatory in the wrong hands? Clara advises her that, yeah. hey, you know, you would fire them and put out a simple statement. Don't answer to me these questions. So then, Tony revealed what she learned that Clara's name has popped up in various news sources as the financial yeah. backer of Shameless. Right. And it's like, and that's like, wait, where did that news come out from? And Tony's like, I can't risk my whole campaign on you. So right, Ugh, heartbreaking. Yeah, because and then, because because Claire then goes out to Joe. It's like, hey, you gotta buy on me. And Joe does not want that. Yeah. She vehemently does not want to do this, having to release a statement that denounces her and shameless. Yeah, I thought that was just kind of sad. It was unfortunate. It's like here she's Clara's doing this. This company, this, you know, she'd be an entrepreneur to try to help women and change the focus in sex and just, you know, be more inclusive of women and women's pleasure and just, you know, promoting better sex ed and better sexual relations. And here she's just getting, she's getting screwed. She's going to lose her job for doing something that ultimately is good. I know. And so it just feels like just so wrong. Not fair. Yes. And. And then Claire comes home. This is when she suspects that Josh maybe like did he spell his name as like revenge mm-hmm. against her. And Josh mm-hmm. is like, it's probably my agent Benny yeah. who revealed your name in the paper. Because he and Pruitt are trying to undermine right. Shameless. And yep. Claire and Josh, they have a whole argument here because he's like, Well, you're being a hypocrite, you know, you still care about like you're all proper and caring about appearances and you only care about your mom's opinion, right. your family's opinion. Yeah. And then Clara's like, well, we can't be together or one of us, you know, will have to sacrifice something. And then Josh confesses that he loves her. And quite possibly, I like, know. this is the worst moment you can do that. Yes. Oh, totally. Yeah. And it just went bad. It's not supposed to go bad at that point, right? That's supposed to be, like, the good. <laughs> oh, but, oh, no, no. And then Clara's like, oh, you get bored of me. And it's like, so they're showing their dad at each other, and I feel like Josh. I feel like Josh in particular in the scene, like he was having an outburst here, and it's being fueled by his mm-hmm. hurt that he's feeling when yes, Clara has, for had, sure. you know, has not acknowledged him back at the theater, mm-hmm. and like you know, yeah. so much anger and resentment. Like, I know I can I can understand where it's coming from, but it's so totally awful. understand for sure. And then for the second time this summer. Claire goes to pack up her bags. That's what it says in narration. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then, Time again. <laughs> and Josh, he is regretting his behavior as he is driving off because now he, because then he is going off to his parents' place to try to reconnect yes. with them. And he finds his mom mm-hmm. just standing out front and she lets him in, cooks for him. 
And apparently, so the way mm-hmm. so what happened when she had cut him off was he told his mom he was gonna make he was gonna he was gonna go for porn, and then apparently she just turned white and ran from the room and had <laughs> and then she and then apparently she'd been taking a twenty pound turkey out of the oven, and then by the time <laughs> she took it out, she returned. Josh was just gone, and he had vanished. Yeah. He never spoke to his parents for the next two years, and I'm like, <sighs> what? I I forgot about that scene when I when I revealed this yes. and when I when I got up that point I was like, wait. So it wasn't even the thing was like your parents were like, oh Josh, you can't do porn. We're gonna kick you out of the house. We can't support this. It was just like right. his mom was kind of like kind of like reacted like her reaction was very shocked. And then when yeah. she came back, he was just gone. And it's like, well, wait, maybe you should right. give her a chance to be, to take some time to get accustomed to this. You know, be like, hear her out. And it's like, gosh. Yeah, he made assumptions, and then and then he just left. Like, he didn't even, like, it was, yeah, it wasn't like they were yelling at him, get out, we don't like you. You know, that wasn't even it. Yeah. He just assumed. Yeah, and, and his yeah. mom, in, in the present day, his mom is like, Josh, like, you owe people the benefit of a doubt. And I think, yeah. we, and that's the whole thing. It's like, that's a, that's a running theme in this book, is that assumptions. And I think particularly on Josh's mm, yes. part, like, I think for, like for both Josh and Claire, they're both dealing with their own assumptions yep. of each other, yep. of assumptions related to the porn industry, and they end up having to break those assumptions down throughout the course of the book. It's a, it's a yep. whole theme that I really appreciate. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then they get angry or hurt, and then they lash out, and they're not really communicating in a way that's beneficial. I think it also helps that, specifically romances, it's dark characters yeah. who have miscommunication problems. I appreciate it when, mm-hmm. they, uh, when they confront them head on, when they're like, hey, we, yes. do, like, we acknowledge we have, miscommunication, we have miscommunication problems, we have to deal with these issues, yep. rather than the books that involve the miscommunication trope, but don't acknowledge the problem. You know, yeah. I think that's where it gets right. trophy. But here, it, it acknowledges the problem. Yeah. Right. I also love how his mom is like, how his mom mentions the blockers that his dad put on her computer <laughs> to prevent her from seeing Josh's yes, porn. Which is like, you know, <laughs> what's your decision? That's a smart decision there. <laughs> I think that's a, I think that's a good decision. You know, like, like, you know what? Absolutely. She can be supportive. They can be supportive of his porn. But they don't yeah. need to see his porn. They don't want to see him. No, they don't coming. need to participate in any way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so now Josh is like, he apologizes to his mom. He knows he'll have to apologize all over again to his dad. And he also owes Clara. Mm-hmm. It says in the narration, he owes her even more than an apology. Oh, for sure. Learning moment. Yes, learning moment. <laughs> and then Clara, now you go back to Clara's part because now for her, she has her own adventure. She has her own trip going on. Not just Josh, because she flew <laughs> all the way to Las Vegas in a hot dress. Yes. Because that was the last leg of Everest Toys. And she's going to be like, oh, yes. I'm going to tempt him. I'm going to be like, I'm going to seduce him into my arms. But yes, when she actually. how sexy I am. But when she actually <laughs> flies there, when she actually meets him, she doesn't feel the powerful thump thump of her heart for him. And. Uh, yes. Because now it's like, oh wait, I actually don't think I have a big crush on you anymore, Everett. Because in this in this interaction, you know, she's like, you know, she meets him, and he's like, you should keep focusing on your art history PhD. You know, b- being in a museum, you know, that's the path that you chose, and it suits you. But she's like, no. You know, fi- finally, she's like, no, I'm more than my job. 
and she's finally she's realizing right. my my childhood best friend is never gonna love me the way I want him to, and now she's finally like yeah. wait wait this guy's a bimbo you know he's kind of he's kinda, he he's thirsty you know why am I yeah. attracted to him? She needed that part though I think. Oh definitely yeah she needed this realization yeah. moment and also mm-hmm. I also like the moment when she's like she thinks them as specifically bimbo flighty and thirsty. And she's like, oh, figures, right. figures aren't many readily available terms for men. Because all of those terms are uh-huh. typically, like, stereotypically, you use them for women. Yes. Which, true. Yep. Yeah. She needed to see the contrast. Yeah. like, And that's true, though. Like, there are so many, like, horrible terms you use for women. Like, so, that yeah. have so much, like, hateful weight behind them. But, like, for men, it's like, what mm-hmm. is it? There's, like, I don't know, like, asshole, you know, dick. You know, maybe, like, right. maybe dick weasel. It's like... Yes, th- yeah, they, can yeah. be, they can be mean, but it's like, mm-hmm. they don't have that hateful weight behind them. It goes throughout history. Right, and yes. And I think there's way more for women, oh, more, more names for women than men. And that's, which is really quite disturbing that it's really quite sad if you think about it, you know, like that's the nature of our, of our culture. I mean, just saying to see what, obviously, like to see what, obviously, is one of the most popular mm-hmm. choices. I mean, that has so much history behind right. it. And you know, mm-hmm. it's interesting to see how, like, the edit is going through its own evolution, how it's, like, the awesome women who are trying to reclaim right. that and take away some activity yes. of it. You know, kind of like how with Black people using the N-word, again, to reclaim it for Yes, themselves. exactly. It takes the power away from them, away from that, if you're using it yourself and in a, in a way that you want to use it. It takes the power away from that word, and it yeah. takes the damage that can be done from that word away, yeah. at least it, in, in part. And it, and it even is a whole discussion, for example, I know there's a whole discussion of how, like, is it okay Is it okay for a queer man, for example, to use the C word in certain situations? Right. And I'm like, and I, and I will say, like, I'm, like, I'm a cis-head man, so I can't give a personal opinion on that. I also would never feel comfortable mm-hmm. using, I also do not feel comfortable using the C word to describe a woman, mm-hmm. even if it was just neutral or be in a positive context. Like, I, we're not in a state, sure. we're not. And we're not in a current place for that, you know. If a woman wants to use right. C words for herself or for another woman in a positive or neutral term, that's okay. But I sure. don't feel comfortable doing that as a cis-head man. But I know some queer right. men are doing that, and it's seen more and seen more comfortable. Which again, it's a mm. it, it's fascinating to watch like how some, someone's discourse around a word and how like it's comfortable mm-hmm. to use it for certain people. Interesting with language, yes, it's. Uh can be very powerful it can be very damaging and it's very personal as well definitely and Claire confesses to Everett that she did love him for a long time and it turns mm-hmm. out that he actually knew about her feelings for him but she didn't say anything yes. because he wanted to keep their relationship platonic didn't want to ruin it mm-hmm. and I feel like kind I, of a weasel there right yeah and even even Claire is like hey that's a crummy excuse but at least he's being honest about it mm-hmm. and it only yes it, it doesn't even hit Claire all the time much. It's like a, a pen trick, as it says in the narration. I like that. I like that part. And it, so, yeah, because I think originally, of course, at the be- you know, in the beginning of the book, something like that would have been devastating to her. And now it's oh, yeah. just, it's a pen trick. Because <laughs> now it's like her feelings have decreased for him. But at the same mm-hmm. time, though, she's gradually made this trip for Everett because and now, like, yes. it's, again, it's a realization moment. And now it's like, oh, my feelings for Josh, that's who I want to be with. Not Everett. Right. And I like how Big Everett... realization. I like how Everett is surprised by this. And she's like, wait, you and yeah. the Craigslist guy got together? You and Josh? What? Yeah. <laughs> and she's... And, and they're like, oh, so Clara, I know, doesn't make mistakes. But that's the old Clara. And now Clara is like, yeah. you know, 
you know, that's the old trailer. You know, she isn't she isn't concerned mm-hmm. about you know appearances, and she's wanting to fight for women's liberal sexuality. And then I like how the chapter ends with her saying, "I'm gonna need your keys." <laughs> and now we're back to Josh, Josh's POV, because then he and Naomi are conducting a radio interview to promote Shameless. Yeah. And the host does yeah. end up asking about Clara and getting a bit too fine with the questions. So Josh gets up mm-hmm. and is about to leave, but then stops when he realizes yep. Clara is here. Yes. <laughs> yep. I love that. Yep, because and she takes a seat, gets a microphone, and she just lays it all out for the public to hear her relationship, how she yes. you know she loves him, how great her sex life is, mm-hmm. and, and and normally I would say I don't, uh, I feel like public band gestures on a case by case basis is how I like them. I feel like sometimes public band gestures are, are unnecessary, but I feel like in this case it actually works for the book because the whole point of it is yes. oh Clara, Clara has the art of. Caring about people's opinions of her, wanting to be all, wanting to be all pristine and you know very very prudish. She's now coming to this point where she's like, "Hey, I don't care about people's opinions of me. I'm just gonna fight for sex, for liberal sex, and I'm, and I'm gonna fight for Josh. Yep. I'm gonna put it all out in the open." So in this case, a public man gesture works. Yeah, and I liked it too because you know she had basically publicly denounced Josh before, and so for her to to like celebrate and admit it in front of everyone uh, that had to have been such a major change for Josh to be like, Oh, she's not ashamed of me now. You know, like that's, yes. that's, a, that was great. Yeah. She's, she's, she's having her eye. She's overcoming her insecurities and fears. I know. I loved that line. I'm like, you go. Yeah. <laughs> I love that's that. Love prevails is kind of like the thing I thought of when I was in that part of the story. Love prevails and everyone loves a love story. So people are going to see it that when she publicly announced that. And Clara and Josh leave the studio and she pours them into a stairwell and they drive home for a bit. And then they have like real sex, like penetrate for real. They had hot sex. Yes. In public. Right in the stairs. (laughs) Yep. Very hot scene for sure. That was that was great. It was kind of like triumph sex, you know, like yes. celebration of what we just went through. You know, like it was good. Yes, <laughs> victory sex. It was good. I like that part. Yes. And then afterwards, Joe calls Clara. Tells her Tony showed up at George's firm asking to speak with Clara. So mm-hmm. now uh, they're going there. So now they're driving over there, and Josh is like, wait. Where do you get a car? And then I love how Clara's right. like, Clara's like, well, it's a, it's kind of a funny story because now she has a car, obviously from Everett. That's how she, you know, she drove all the way back from Las Vegas to LA. And then also when they're driving, when they're driving on the way over there, I also like the moment when Clara uses the phrase uh, "take a hike," and Josh is like, "Yes, we need, we need to get you a millennial Facebook because phrases is like take a hike or white telemarketers trying to sell you osteoporosis medications." That was a really funny line. I know. When <laughs> they get to the firm, and Tony reveals Josh had actually gone to a home this morning to provide her with a flash drive that he's been carrying around. And this flash drive yeah. holds evidence of almost 30 violations of labor and employment laws committed by Fruit and Black Hat. And he's been adding to it. Yes. He's been, because employees have been providing their own stories to him. So that's why he's been adding to the flash drive. All this evidence. 
Awesome. So now it's like, yes, they have something to fight against Black Hat with. And then Josh is also the Tony. He's like, hey, you should rehire Clara for your re-election campaign. And Joe thinks bringing a case against Black Hat would be enough to take control of the news cycle, making some progress on that front. And afterward, Clara and Josh make up, and he gives her a list of pros and cons for reuniting. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, you know. That was a great part, too. <laughs> yep. You know, she loves the organization. She's rubbing off on him. <laughs> and Sarah is not going to let her family's opinions rule over her anymore. And she's glad that she doesn't yes. have to assign a silent partner and shameless. You know, she can be open about it. And I love when she says, it's not yeah. every day you get to topple a torn empire. Well, that was a great, great moment, too. Victory for her. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I think, I, honestly, that's probably one of, my, one of my favorite quotes in this book. I mean, that's just iconic. Yes. <laughs> it is. It really is. Absolutely. Uh, and now we have the two-year-later epilogue where we revolve around Sarah and Josh as they're cooking up a Thanksgiving dinner for the Wheaton and Connor's mm. families. <laughs> we get some exposition on Tony having won her re-election campaign. Sarah stepped down from Joe's PR firm to concentrate on Shameless. So the guilty verdict that came in against Black Hat and Fruits. Yes, guilty verdict against some. <laughs> yes, woohoo! Yes. And Josh was invited by Tony to be an expert witness to represent the adult entertainment community on behalf of her office. Yep. I think, wait, uh, I think he's, he's, not doing, he's not doing porn anymore, right? Right, yeah, I think he's just doing the shameless stuff, right? right? right. So, yeah. which is, which yeah, I, I, yeah. Would, I would say, I would have been like, oh, I, you know, I wish you could have kept doing the porn star, you know, I wish you could have kept doing that, but <laughs> I still, you know. Do both, right? <laughs> do both, but at least, you know, he's still doing the shameless and, you know, again, being, yeah. being an expert witness, you know, that's all good still. Yes, absolutely. And then Naomi's at dinner as well. And I love how she she safely threatens to sleep with Oliver. Which is... <laughs> yes, I know. And, that was fun too. That was a good line. And I, and I think they, they even have a thing where it's like, oh, it wouldn't be a challenge for her to do that. You know, she just, it would be very easy for her. Right. And, oh, that's fun. Yes, and, and, sure. and then Lily holds up a newspaper that's been covered in Cabernet thanks to Oliver. And it's just like mm. Oliver spilled over Cabernet. <laughs> and it has headline, We may turn business partners say I do. Wheaton to Red Connors. Mm. And that's, that's when we learn, like, oh, they've been engaged. And it's been, oh, of course, it's been nominated. Yep, yep, yep. Very cool. Yes. And then Josh wants to brule the yams. Clara is like, let's not tempt fate. But he's like, haven't you ever done something stupid to impress someone you liked? <laughs> of course, you know, Clara did all that for Everett, which brought her over to LA. And now we're at this point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that's, Definitely. that's the end. Um, that's the end. Yes, good book. Very good book. <gasps> I enjoyed I, it a lot. I, I love it. I love it. And okay, so here's the line. So when Naomi's like, if you don't can it with that mushy crap, I have no choice but to sleep with your brother. And then Clara says, you wouldn't try to sleep with Oliver. And Naomi says, oh, honey, I wouldn't have to try. That is a good line. Oh. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh, very good. Damn, that's that's roommate by Rosie Dannon. Again, just absolutely lovely yes wonderful i'm so glad we're able to dive back into it you know thanks so much for doing this and any final thoughts you want to offer 
Oh, I just, I enjoyed it. I had fun and I think people should should read the book or get the audio book and listen. It's, it's, a, it's a great story and it's enjoyable and great, uh, great insights and perceptions into our sexual climate in our country. Definitely, definitely. And yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll post thoughts as well. And it's like, hey, you know, people read this book. If you haven't yet, if you, if you listen to the podcast and you haven't read it yet, please pick this up. And I'll, I'll go ahead and recommend the second book as well, The Intimacy, the Intimacy Experiment. Because again, that stars Naomi and then, and then the, other, the other romantic lead is Ethan. And he's a rabbi. He's mm. trying to save his synagogue from being shut down. Oh. And okay. And I really love the relationship that forms between Naomi and Ethan. Again, I if I recall correctly, again, it's been a, it's been some time since I read that, but I also recall that mm. being pretty. It has the same uh pacing of being slow burn, but still oh. spicy. It's different. It it happens okay. in a different. It happens in a different form. In the first book, but still mm-hmm. generally sober and spicy at the same time. With Rosie Gannon, like nice. Rosie is apparently a master at this, apparently. Yeah, she she did a great job doing exactly that. Yeah, yeah. I'd agree. Uh, well, again, that's our discussion of the roommate. And now we can segue on words to good words. And this is the segment I have at the end of every episode where each of us gets to recommend something, a book, a movie, a TV show music, a podcast, anything we want, anything. So, Ruin, what is your good word? Um, okay, well, I guess I could recommend my book, Decadent Erotica, which is an anthology, and it's up for the Golden Pigtails Smut Awards, and I'm a finalist, so I'm really excited about that. Very and nice. as far as a podcast, I guess I would say uh, I really enjoy my friend, the Curious Girl Diaries. She's got a great podcast, and I've been on her podcast, and she's been on mine, and so she's just a lot of fun. She kind of She kind of is doing like a podcast where it's like, a personal sexually sexual journey so she's kind of sharing that with everyone and she's been doing it for several years now check it out the curious girl diaries it's a great podcast as someone who actually listens to that show i'm really glad that you're topping that up that's a good word oh yes (laughs) absolutely (laughs) i can vouch for curious girl diaries as well you know yes Oh, it's a great, it, she does a great job and she's really sharing. She's really open. She's sharing her journey. It's kind of like a, almost like she's sharing her personal sexual diary with the world. You know, it's, yes. it's a, it's a great podcast. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, well, that's your, that's your good word. And now my good word is going to be a movie, five videos, the voyeurs. This is an erotic thriller that came out back in 2021, uh, starring Sydney Sweeney and Justice Smith, and again, streaming on Prime Video. And this has been in my watch list for a while, but it's it's interesting when it's the kind of movie that I think has flown under, under the radar for a lot of people. Mm. And it did get some mixed, it did get mixed reviews. And after mm. watching this, I can definitely see why the reviews are mixed. Because let me just tell you, like, here's the thing, like, I, overall, I enjoyed the movie. But here's the thing, uh-huh. it goes, it has some bonkers twist and it's like it is one of the <laughs> it is one of the more wild movies and it's like what the what the hell and like it goes on these gonzo turns <laughs> and and it is nice like you know and I, I feel like you kind of want that for an erotic thriller like you know you know yeah. you want 
you're, you're in, sure. in territory where you're willing to let, let it get, you know, you know, go into some wild territory. And this movie definitely does that. I can understand why nice. people, I can, I can understand why there are people who hate the movie and think that it's absolutely mm. stupid. But for oh, me personally, okay. for me personally, I was like, you know what? These are bonkers twists, but I'm just gobbling them up. Especially like the ending, like the way <laughs> the movie ends. I was like, oh my god, you went for that ending. You went for that. And honestly, like, oh, very interesting. <laughs> I, honestly, like, there's something to respect about a movie that is willing to be just bored. Like, you know, I, ah. I feel like it's a kind of movie where you you will love it or hate it. You, like, you will not come out of it thinking it's bland. It's that kind of movie. Got it. And yeah, yeah. And I and I also do enjoy the leads. I, I do enjoy the leads in it, like especially like you know mm-hmm. Sydney Sweeney. I, I you know I like her in the lead role, and Justice Smith. I like him too. Sure. And I'm actually yeah. for some reason been, been seeing Justice Smith in movies lately. Like he was like he was in Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom, and uh, Sharper, Jacan mm-hmm. Artist Thriller on Apple TV Plus. And uh, of course, I, I I remember the first movie I saw Justice Smith in was in Detective Pikachu. And so I can, mm seeing him in the movies and and of course Sydney Sweeney for her part of course Euphoria you know and the White Lotus both of which I've not seen yet and I feel yeah. like <laughs> Euphoria is too dark for me at this moment you know I might, I might watch it someday in the future but not now Euphoria is, looks too looks too dark <laughs> well it sounds very intriguing that's for sure <laughs> yeah. but yeah the, yeah the Warriors definitely yeah, you know that's my good word again just prepare for it to be uh to go in some certain directions you know it's on Prime Video. You'll have a strong opinion when you watch it. Right. Yes. <laughs> and well, thank you so much for having me. This was really fun. Yes, definitely. It's such a blast to have you on. And, and now you can uh, promote yourself, promote your socials, where can people find you online? Um, okay. Well, I'm, I have a link tree where I have all of my links, which I could probably get to you. But I'm, I have books on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble and all over Google Play, Apple, Smashwords, all over, Audible, because I have audiobooks as well. And I'm on Twitter as Raunchy is and Ruin Willow, and Instagram as Ruin Willow and Ruin Willow Author. I have a website, ruinwillowauthor.com, where I do a lot of uh, stories and sex blogging and sex toy reviews and just articles about relationships. I have stories up on Frolic Me, which is a ethical porn site where I write a story to go along with, with the film. They have beautiful films. I have two of my stories are up and two more are coming. And I'm trying to think where else I'm. Oh, Medium. I have stories on Medium. And I'm also an editor for Wild Erotic Cravings, which is a publication of erotic stories on Medium. I'm trying to remember where else I am, but <laughs> that's quite a few places where I am that are on the top of my head. And my podcast, Oh Fuck Yeah with Rue and Willow, which you can find on any podcast apps for free. Yes, it's good. And as for my socials, you can find this podcast on Twitter and Instagram at two underscore sense critic. You can follow my personal accounts on Twitter, Good Pods, Storygraph, Letterboxd, and TikTok at author underscore and 18. If you want to email me, you can reach me at email at two sense critic at yahoo.com. You can check out my blog at two sense critic.com. You can find me on Goodreads at Arthur Howell and Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever it is in the podcast, whether it's on iTunes, Stitcher, Anchor, Spotify, Good Pods, Podcast Addict, all of those services. And make sure, especially with ratings and reviews, I say this every time in every episode, but 
it is truly, truly important to help support us and the podcasters move us off the charts. <laughs> yes. And once again, thank you so much, Ruin, for coming on here. This was really fun. You know, I was, you know, a favorite romance novel of mine, Ruin Mate. Now we finally covered it. Yay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. I, I enjoy, had, enjoyed being here. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Bye-bye. And until next time, stay healthy and stay strong.